0: movie podcast for jigsaw my name is tom chick i'm here with christian miltoski
1: you can just refer to me as charms blow Pop.
0: and kelly wand with a jigsaw tagline now that there's eight of these i don't like watch your back
2: transformers
0: <laughs> <coughs> a strong opening from kelly wand are there more let's just I'll take it apart and put it back in the box
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: i only got one more Keep going. I watched the edges of the movie first, then starting with the corners, and then it got a lot
0: easier. <laughs> Comedy, dingus, dingus. Vote for your favorite jigsaw tagline.
1: Uh, I vote for the. Front. I vote for the first one because I wonder. I, my my curiosity is: did he go back and forth on making a joke about the Fast and Furious franchise or about?
0: Right. No, he loves Fast and Furious. You That's guys are both right. suckers for that. What yeah. do I love? All eight of of anything.
1: Yeah. Or hate all eight. Star Wars.
0: <laughs> I, I thought of Star Wars for a long time. Are there eight Star Warses? No, there's not. Oh, there are eight of them. <gasps> Synchronicity. Ooh. I just realized that. Wow. I can, I, didn't, I can use this joke again in a month. <laughs> there, there will be. There will be. I Let's had kiss. no idea there were eight Saw movies. Which for me, I should know. I should know this stuff. We'll get Ooh, this. Right. Well, I, li- I like horror. I watch plenty of junky horror. I if you so. if you had asked me, I would have thought – I would have probably said, eh, this is probably the fifth one. Uh, and I can't have seen more than two or three of these. Anyway, we'll get into this in a little bit, but Dingus – really? I, I might have been spoiling Jigsaw for people. Let I hope Dingus watched watch, them all, by the way. Let me research. backpedal and have Dingus get in here and give you guys some non-spoiler information about Jigsaw. Take it away, Dingus. All right, this week we saw Jigsaw. Mm-hmm.
1: A 2017 American horror thriller series sequel movie about thriller. how
0: <laughs> even <laughs> yeah I don't know where that
1: came from either Kelly yeah, was,
0: which one
2: it it of these doesn't belong that passed the plate like yeah. it was nothing <laughs> yeah the yeah. thrills are definitely there know.
1: yeah it was a curveball that was that's going to be the sequel to Jigsaw's curveball he's going to be the new killer all right so um a sequel movie about how even after seven movies. Nobody in this Saw cinematic universe has learned how to
0: prop a door.
1: Ever since,
0: uh, okay, like, <laughs> what did I write prop, here? Prop a door. What does that even mean? Like he's he right. Put something to hold it open. Yeah, like the grain silo. And that never would have just... occurred to me, Dingus. I that. This he is another example because they're dumb. Yeah, well, this and is nope. another example of Dingus being way smarter than me, just in terms of some very common sense things. If I'd been in one of these with Dingus, Dingus would have said, "Hey, let's." prop open the door so, so Jigsaw doesn't slam it behind us. And I think it's oh. an
2: awesome Jigsaw victim. Yeah. He's the one you should listen to.
1: Hey, let's not all go in the room at the same time, guys. We've read the case file. Never mind. Yeah, all this right.
2: room's... Let's sit in this room.
0: are so you saying people behave implausibly in a horror movie?
1: I'm saying this is a thriller, Tom.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. that's right. I would that's I have to accept Dingus' complaints <laughs> if this is a thriller. If it was just a horror movie, nope. But since it is a thriller, good point, Dingus.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so I uh, sorry Dingus, I cut you off Lower because part. we need to know who directed this, who wrote it, who's in it, and what did the MPAA think?
1: All right, it was directed by Michael Spierig and Peter. Peter? I said Petler.
0: Petler. That's his nickname, Petler.
1: Petler, it's Spirig, right? Because you said they they used to be uh, credited
0: as the Spirig brothers, right? Oh, were they not? I don't. I, don't, I, I think guess I didn't stay through many of the credits. Were they not? Are they not called the Spirig brothers in the jigsaw credits?
1: No, no, they're oh. called uh, Michael Spirig and Peter Spirig. But originally, I think in that one thing that you said that they did well, they were they were credited as the Spirig well, brothers. I, th- I think as,
0: as even as recently as uh, Predestination. Uh, maybe not. But, uh, no, no, they were originally the Spirig brothers. It's like the, the Duffer brothers doing Stranger Things. They're still the Duffer brothers. Uh, Kelly Wan, who are the Grave Encounter guys? The Vicious brothers? They're not yeah. that anymore. Sure. They wouldn't yeah. use their own names, yeah. So the Duffer, the, ones. The Duffer brothers are, did Stranger Things, and they did a really cool yes. zombie movie, the name of which escapes me, uh, with Alexander Sarsgaard and uh, shoot, a British actress. Anyway, they uh, they're the Duffer brothers. I don't know their first names. The Duffer brothers.
1: Keeler one of them. Do they golf? All right. So anyway, thing uh, is,
0: wait, first of all, that's too, too many sports <laughs> references you've made today. Curveballs <laughs> and golf. I is turning this into a sports podcast. <laughs> just take it down the Duffer Brothers. <laughs> it's really <laughs> <That's strange>. right. <laughs> Uh All right. Anyway. So, yeah, I think it's, it's Spirig. Uh, yeah, I've right. actually didn't look it up, but I'm just assuming it's not any funky pronunciation. Up yeah, I'm just st- going to do I'm going to do the German
1: pronunciation. So the, uh, Michael and Peter Spirig. <laughs> thank you. Uh, It was written by Pete Goldfinger Uh, uh, and Josh Stolberg. That's not a James Bond name. (laughs) It stars Tobin Bell and a bunch of poor man's other actors, actors. Um, (laughs) Jigsaw is rated R. Well, come on. Why? (laughs) For sequences of grisly, bloody violence (laughs) and torture. Mm Mm-hmm. And for language, although a weird, uh, dropping of one part of a word for some.
0: <laughs> I went like now. A... I didn't hear the English version. So I'm excited. But so a, uh, no
3: time.
0: smoking. So in, in this movie, yeah. fortunately, if they were worried about that, Kelly Wand, uh, did the MPAA or do you finally agree with the MPAA on an R rating? No, I think this is fun
2: for all ages. Although <laughs> I concede to ch- parents that some children may find stressful the concept of an unfinished jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Like the Natalie right. one, and he would be upset. All right, there's a puzzle.
0: Well, so, yeah, uh, it's done. This movie opened at number one. I don't know if that surprises you guys. Uh, wait a minute. What are you talking about? What? That Day is one. Oh my God! Blade Runner t- is continuing to tank. It's so depressing. In China, so they're they're kind of their uh, Blade Runner did terribly here. They were hoping maybe overseas it would perform better. It just opened in China. At number three, uh, behind Geostorm and Kingsman Golden Circle.
2: I can't believe I fucking turned down Warcraft for this shit. Fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could have
2: been that mage.
0: Whatever. Well, Blade <laughs> Runners turned out to be a financial disaster. I'm so disappointed in that. That's critical just... Darling, Tom. <laughs> well, let's talk Critical Darlings because Jigsaw is at 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. No, Over hard. a third. Over a third of all reviewers were like, yeah, sure, go, yeah, thumbs up, I liked it. Uh, On Metacritic, however, they weren't super warm about how much they liked it. The average on Metacritic from various review ratings is 40 out of 100. CinemaScore, people who decided on a Friday night to see Jigsaw, they came out and they're like, eh, B, which is not good on CinemaScore. Straight up B is not good. B is an F. Uh, and it did underperform a little bit, I think, and it made $16 million, but it, it was number one. Um, That's a lot, it feels like. Uh, I think they thought I it would do – actually, so Brad Brevett, the guy who writes at Box Office Mojo, where I just regurgitate what he writes, and I tell you guys, uh, he speculated, and I find this interesting, that it, what the, the underperformance might be due, in his opinion, to Stranger Things 2. Uh, being released on uh, Netflix this weekend, that maybe right. people decided in this era of streaming where where things just get put online, like all 10 episodes of Stranger Things 2 went live on Friday. He His theory is that maybe people decide who would have gone to see Jigsaw decided to just stay home and binge on Stranger Things 2.
2: I um, was maybe. coerced to watch Stranger Things 2, and it kept me from seeing Jigsaw like two nights in a row. So this is a good theory, I think.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's... If you just want horror, I mean, what are you, you going to do? Yeah, it's do you do you take a? Also, it's another thing. This uh, this jigsaw is a dormant. I would say well, moribund franchise. Like these were year, these were annual between 20, 2004 and two thousand ten. They did one a year, uh, and so there hasn't been one for seven years. In this movie, I didn't realize this either. When they kept talking about, oh, he's been dead for seven years, they were talking real world years i didn't I realize that that this thing years. is um uh, it's happening in real time no, yeah but right. i think i mean they're, they're definitely acknowledging that there hasn't been a saw movie in a long time which again i'm not sure i would have realized well they, uh, they intended to make an,
1: an eighth one and then they just apparently folded the eighth one into the seventh one because it, they were doing so poorly by that time oh
2: yeah people got burned out it's too many well it's back It was your only only Halloween – Paranormal Activity was one, too. That was a Halloween tradition for, like, three years, and then people got kind of burned out on those. So you Hmm. can't keep it going forever, no matter what it is. But I would rather have had Final Destination. Did we
0: do any podcasts? We we didn't, did we? No. No,
1: This is the first time,
0: which is – That's the thing. That's proof it's been a while. Yeah, because this – actually, this is our eight-year anniversary, by the way. We're just now hitting eight years, so I guess Winter, the last Saw we, – there were maybe two Saws in a window that we could have done them. but We started just as they ended. Yeah, we have yeah. decided to do other things instead of the last two Saw movies. Saw's winding down. Let's fill that void. Well, Kelly-Juan, now that it's back, I would like you to explain to me what happened in this movie with a oh, Jigopsis yeah. Sopsis.
2: Ah, oh, really? It's such an easy one. All
0: right. Jig- wait, Jigs- what? What do you call it? Wait, what's your guess? Uh, I just threw a bunch of syllables out that included the words Jigsaw. I know,
2: that's not I surprise. <laughs> yeah, you stumbled right into it. It's
0: Jigsopsis? That's an easy one, yeah. Okay. A synopsis of Jigsaw called the Jigsopsis. Take it away. Kelly One. the ge- – no, wait. What's, what is what is Jigsaw saying? Look I don't be- know. I didn't the- hear it. <laughs> oh, because you saw it in German. Yes. Sweet. Yeah, this will be even more fun. All right, take it away. Yeah, uh, talking about dialogue, I'll be really interested. Yeah.
1: No, you won't.
2: I mean, maybe that's the wrong word. Thriller. I'll be thrilled. <laughs> You'll be thrilled. <laughs> Jake <stops> this. <laughs> Warning. The following is based on a German dub version I watched stoned. Most of what follows is probably wrong. There's a close-up of a jelly roll made out of knives. Some giggling cops unfurl this and, as a prank, make a guy run over it and crash into one of their police cars, destroying it in slow motion. The cop who unrolled the tire slashing things all. Damn, was I dumb to park there. The mischievous driver tricks them by running up to a roof so he's quartered. The cops surround him, but instead of shooting, just point their guns at him. Harvey Keitel with a mustache walks up and goes, you're under arrest for hitting our car. Guys, shoot him. The guy holds up a stapler in his hand and goes, Wait, that old man with cancer who likes brain teasers. He gave me this promised that nothing dumb would happen if you leave my hand alone. <laughs> they all empty their guns into his hand and stand over and keep <laughs> shooting it at close range with shotguns. Some saw blades spell out, Jigsopsis, and then slice through our eyeballs. <laughs> Dinkus stands up and goes, Knives? Justin <laughs> leans over and goes... Bro, I can't believe you thought I made these. <laughs> James Wan leans over to me and goes, "Bro, we almost have the same last name."
0: <laughs> I get that from Michael Chiklis a lot. Yeah, I could. Yeah, see.
1: <laughs> I get that from Steven Tolowski. Or just Denny Ski, huh? Yeah.
2: In a room with a countdown clock on it, a row of actors I doubt I'll ever see after tonight wake up with buckets chained to their heads. The blonde-sounding girls all, Oh, man, not again. Jigsaw's voice is all, Hello, bucket-headed characters. <laughs>
0: Dude, wait, he just called them bobble-headed characters? <laughs> <laughs> all
4: right, that's it. You get, you're up. Eliminated. <laughs>
0: They're all
4: pop <laughs> vinyls. <laughs> I shouldn't talk with
1: Hello, bucket-headed characters
0: Oh, (laughs) bucket-headed
1: Yeah They call a guy bucket head several times, Tom Right, but
0: I thought Kelly came up with bobble-headed Hello, bobble-headed characters It's me Jake (laughs) Clampertons
4: The most famous name in horror Also known as Jigsaw Since Jigsaw puzzles are, uh You know, vaguely related to the brain teasers and Rube Goldberg devices I embody. And as we all know, jigsaw puzzles are also full of plot twists. Um, Hint, find the cassette recorder that says play me on it in masking tape. And then hit the play button, which might be under the
2: tape. Good luck. (laughs) They all bump heads and get the chains all entangled, trip over each other laughing. No, it's right in front of Joyce. No, faintly
4: Hispanic choice. Jesus, this is worse than a Blade Runner threesome. No, that recorder's for the next one. Now <laughs> hit play. Not the race. you idiots. Okay, forget it. Put the recorder down. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> hit. If death by saw is not your bag, simply let it cut you on your wrist. Kinda, of, and then you'll be fine. Look, poetry is not my backstory. I think I'm a brain surgeon or I own a hardware store.
2: Uh, Tom will explain later. <laughs> Their chains suddenly get dragged towards a wall of saws. One guy at the end of the row has already lost interest and gets dragged unconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> Which character I am. <laughs> <laughs> i saw this in german just remember that by the way it was sold out the germans were loving it oh wow they were
4: like yeah Das movie ah yeah! the fiends
2: finally the normal girls all guys look i figured it out just let the blades cut your wrists then all the blades stop kind of a dumb puzzle they all do the wrist trick the bored unconscious guy wakes up goes wait what? Huh, wait, wait. Um guys, wait, where's I was uh what? The black lady's all Yeah there was a tape recorder but we couldn't find it so that by the time she gets to the wrist stuff, he's already screaming off screen. The rest all find themselves in a wood room. An animatronic clown rides up on a penny farthing bicycle and goes
4: I'm not Pennywise, (laughs) F.I. I heard Clown's in right now. Now the fat beauty one among you there has
2: three syringes in his hand with a bunch of numbers on them. They're all, oh, yeah, it's cool, yeah. Start to clap. The fat guy is all, this puzzle was too easy. Sorry, I thought I was watching the movie
4: again. <laughs> that wasn't the puzzle. The cute blonde girl among you, Tamston there, bumped into an old lady one time. <laughs> this presumably St. Crone died of boredom several years later. Hint to the solution. How much money
2: does Tampston have on her right now for the hypodermic with the correct dollar amount on The fat guy stabs a blonde girl with all three syringes. <laughs> the blonde girl convulses as her eyes explode. The fat guy's all math. <laughs> Clown size. He's all Ugh. fine. I heard something cool planned, but whatever. He <laughs> a placard over on his handlebars. It says confess. He makes them go sit in a room with a door that says no exit on it and do nothing. It's punishment. <laughs> Meanwhile, a black lady jogs until she realizes that for once all the people pointing and staring that she runs past are not doing it at her for this one time. Since everybody's whispering indistinctly, I assume she has headphones in, but as she turns her head to see a body hang from the overpass everybody's pointing at behind her, she doesn't have headphones in. Then she turns around and sees it and starts to react. I look over at the human centipede taking up the three rows beside me and go, I can't wait to see how she pays off. Meanwhile, Keeper Sutherland leaves what my mom calls acting and joins the coroner's office. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty fourth fan, Taking her down. Give birth to me, will you? Instead of going to work, he calls in sick and hangs out with his daughter in someone's yard. Kiefer throws a baseball to his daughter. She throws it back super hard. He catches it and then shakes his hand at her and goes, Ow, you fucking bitch. <laughs> he sighs and goes, Great losers. He goes to a place and does an autopsy on the hanged man. They cut the bucket off his head. Key for Sutherland's all. Yeah, see? This diagonal chunk of his head's missing. No wonder he's dead. The bucket was just annoying. A red-headed nurse walks up and goes, Speaking of which I'm in this Wesley Snipes walks up and goes, yeah, me too. It's almost tax time again. <laughs> I can't believe they got him for this. Keeper Size looks over at his daughter standing by Wesley Snipes and goes, see, honey, looking at bodies like this is daddy's job. I hug you with these very same hands that you just watched me use to pry the remains of this guy's tongue away from this flesh jigsaw piece that's carved into his throat. She throws up. Then she turns and throws up again on Jaden sitting in the front row. Back in Chick's garage, the fat one looks at a padlocked door and goes,
4: No exit?
2: That could mean anything. He grabs a shovel and stops over up onto the raised right, patio in front of the side. <laughs> ha ha, jigsaw left me a shovel. But he didn't think this idiot he starts beating the padlock with the shovel and jumping up and down as hard as he can on the frail wood boards <laughs> <laughs> the black guy gary is all bro i like your style suddenly the fat guy falls through the boards and gets his leg caught in some razor wire he's all "Ow! Oh, why no not wood sign <laughs> the black guy <laughs> yo look Cassette play on a hot plate down here by your foot and all this motherfucking razor wire. Play me? Fuck, who you think it's from? As he ponders this, stroking his chin, he leans his elbow on the razor wire. <laughs> the fat guy screams. The black guy's all. Oh, sorry, bro. Here, I'll get the cassette. Hang on. He fumbles around trying to move the wires out of the way, which makes the wires tighten some more. The fat guy screams again. <laughs> that girl's all Here, fuckwits. A rake is obviously the best thing. <laughs> up a cassette player with? <laughs> and She lowers the rake through the hole and uses it to play hockey with the cassette player, which makes the lawyer's <laughs> titan sore out of the fat guy's leg. He screams <laughs> She's all, hey, check it out. I got the rake tangled up in the razor wire. Take that, Jigsaw. The black guy's up. <pfft> Look what I can do. He ingeniously uses the shovel to smash through some of the wood planks, making the hole slightly more jagged. He's all, see that? Now it's big enough for us to keep looking at. The brunette's all, hey look, I have your cassette player in my hand. It says play me too. The black guy's all, who do you think it's from? Eventually they figure out which buttons play. Jigsaw's voice is all, Uh, okay,
4: great work so far. Really glad I devoted what remains of my life to making people play cassettes every Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I need that guy and the brunette to get in that grain silo so I can trick and torture them some more.
2: They're all, all right, yeah, cool. They go into the grain silo. The doors slam shut, and pencil shavings start pouring down on them. Soon they're up to their necks. The brunette's all, yeah, we did it. We solved the brain teaser. Suddenly, a bunch of hairbrushes and barrettes and other stuff from Jigsaw's garbage start clattering down at them. The black guy screams as a dirty plate of Jigsaw's leftover spaghetti hits him in the face. (laughs) Oh, man, that's not cool.
3: What
4: the fuck?
2: Okay, now I need the fat one-legged
4: one to pull that lever down there that he can barely reach. (laughs) That's (laughs) a special my One of my (laughs) powers Knowing. Exactly where he'd be standing when he fell through.
2: I look over the guy with the bucket on his head, being dragged away from me, and go, Wait, so there's one play called Hair, and another unrelated one called Hairspray? Meanwhile, the red-headed nurse takes Kiefer Sutherland to her apartment. It's filled with framed pictures of blades and lame metal clamps hang everywhere that keep bashing him in the face. He's all, I knew you were kinky. He's all, Pff. these aren't R-rated for sex. I collect props from torture porn movies. This pig mask is from Captivity with Elisha Cuthbert, and this bra with Poison Ivy on it's from Hostel 2. Keeper for Sutherland's all, got anything from Poison Ivy? No, but this is a jar of Diora Baird sweat CG from Chainsaw. I stand up, raise an auction paddle, and go, 10000 Keeper holds up a burnt, <laughs> And I miss and goes, what's this from? She's all, uh, wrong turn, or hills have eyes. Or Annabelle. He's all, look, I think Carby Tytel's lieutenant in this movie might be bad. Also, all these murdered people with notes on them from Jigsaw saying, and then there were three, please flush me when you're done, confess. I think they might all be related. She's all, what about all these other notes signed the snowman? (laughs) It's all, does this answer your question? He takes his shirt off and shows a bunch of scars on his back. Then he and Ed Harris start throwing up in a toilet. So Javier Bardem covers up their backs and shuts the door on the redhead. (laughs) Wow. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I wrote that. Back in Jigsaw's grain silo, no exit room, the black guy and the brunette lady stuck in the grain silo keep screaming at the fat guy. Come on, pull the switch. This is boring. The brunette's all, no, now he's dumping paperclip chains and whiteboards on us. Make it stop. Kelly. The fat guy gives him the middle finger on a TV screen. Jigsaw helpfully threw down the silo and goes, no. But they keep hassling him, so he does the wires cut off his leg through the speakers jigsaw all <laughs> yeah, get it? I
4: said the lever to your release I didn't say your legs
2: release <laughs> the fat guy's all you didn't say anything about release these movies are bullshit they make catfish look like Proust as if in agreement the grain silo door opens and spills the black guy and the brunette out the brunette rolls around till her eyes next to some rake blades mm-hmm. she gasps (laughs) black guy's all would you quit clowning around suddenly a harness loops around his feet somehow and sucks him up and starts lowering (laughs) side down into a black hole powered by a motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) from the speakers
4: all right uh, okay black character for this one I need you to confess the only bad thing you've ever done in your backstory. Uh. Also, there's another lever up there. Someone has to. I <laughs> it. <laughs> oh.
2: Similar <laughs> pulling as the brunette climbs up towards the lever. That guy. All right, all right. One time I sold a guy a motorcycle, and then I used the money to buy a truck and ran him over with it.
3: <laughs>
2: it was a good deal. The tackle didn't work anyhow, so I helped him in a way. It was the best Mother's Day ever. But in my defense, the truck was huge. It was like an 18-wheeler. The brunette saw, and I gave my baby a pillow once. Then my husband was arrested for crying. Not sure what the big deal is. From the no exit, the fat guy saw. I farted one time in line at Pup and Taco, made a few people around me wince, and Dustin Hoffman standing behind me goes, so brazen and drink all my Mister Pib. <laughs> the brunette saw. Hey, look! I just tricked the motorcycle by putting a crowbar in the wheel spokes. Yep. Undefeated. Oh, never mind. The crowbar comes loose or something, and the black guy (laughs) screams and goes through the black hole, which makes his skin itch. He's like, ugh. The brunette's all shit. Well, I guess I need to start using better judgment from now on. Now let's try to open this no-exit door some more. That's been going well. (laughs) She gets it open a couple inches by screaming and crying, then Jigsaw wearies of her shenanigans and puts her and Fatty in a room with their ankles in fetters. When the audience wakes up, Jigsaw's wearing a black robe for some reason and stands in the middle of the room with some keys. He smiles at the fat one-legged guy in the brunette and goes, Congratulations. <coughs> uh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> I guess you two are the uh, Charlie Bucket and Grandpa Joe of Saw 8. Oh. Bad guy points at the brunette and goes, Haha, you're an old man. Jigsaw puts keys at a shotgun shell. He's all. Okay! Uh, the shotgun
4: holds the keys to your survival, so be sure to unlock its potential by using your wits and not your, uh, you know, like
2: whatever. Fuck, I forgot to hint first. Uh, I have to take a crap. He walks out. Brunette promptly goes over to the shotgun and grabs it. The fat guy's all. Wait, wait! Let's be smart! Just for once. Let's just try it. Let's just, you know elimination she's all who figured out the no exit puzzle and the syringes she fires the shotgun but i guess has it pointed the wrong way because she blows her face off she doesn't know how to use guns the fat guy opens spent shell cartridge and finds some ruined keys within he shakes his head and goes "Ugh, well that was all her so all right i guess it's my turn now because I know you give people a fair chance. It's a big plot point coming up. So, Jigsaw, I'm ready for my brain teaser? Hello. Meanwhile, Keeper Sutherland and Harvey Keitel wake up with metal collars on their necks, stuck on opposite walls of a laser room. <laughs> okay, uh, there are two buttons in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh-
4: so I need each of you to hit
2: the one. Is you? Uh, Keitel giggles and hits Kiefer's, which makes Kiefer Collar Sprout face lasers. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little German. Keepers all. <laughs> uh, Herve. Keepers all. Oh 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 no face lasers uh-huh. um, Yeah whatever my secret was in flatliners. Something about a kid in a tree, a dog. Ah, laser's in my face. Oh ow <laughs> He falls down and squeezes a blood squid by his cheek, it bursts on the fifth try and squirts him in the eye. He curses and then sees Kaitel watching and then tries to look dead. After a couple seconds he farts tells lasers come on. He's all, uh, uh, I was in I don't know. Keeper smirks and gets up. He pulls off a mask, revealing an unlasered face beneath. Then he holds up a jar of face CG and smiles. He's all, as you can see, I just tricked you. You see, I was the dumbass who slept in during the Buckethead brain teaser, which was ten years ago. See, audience? It's like your heads have been in buckets since the movie started. Anyway... Jigsaw felt bad for me for being well-rested, and since I admired him for almost murdering me, I became his apprentice. I guess none of this came up during the last seven movies. He whips a blanket on the floor aside, revealing two piles of dust. He's all, yeah, uh, so one of these is the fat guy and that brunette lady. Uh, I guess Kaitel's character doesn't know any of this. Uh, anyway, this might be some dust. We had some of these rooms mixed up. Fat guy also kind of got screwed. Kaitel's all... Wait, what? This is retarded. Did Lindelof do a pass? We've been finding new bodies this whole time with clues in them, with fingerprints, just because the audience doesn't know they're the same people. We- Key result. Or did we? There are flashbacks of him shooting the guy who hit the police car with a sniper rifle while the cops all shoot his hand off. And flashbacks of other audiences in previous Saw movies, <laughs> looking confused. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Keitel's all. Wait, so who were these new victims? Kiefer's all. Other people who had sins to confess. Like one sin each, usually. Wait, what happened to the red-headed nurse? Kiefer scowls and clicks a button on his remote. The laser section Keitel's face like a tomato. He's all, ha! Now when the cops find you mangled in a death trap, they'll somehow assume you're the new Jigsaw. He winks at us, and slams a door in our faces. As I leave the theater, I see the couple that walked out of the meat grinder scene and Kingsman standing in line for the next showing and go, <laughs> You'll love it. The end.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Dingus, did, uh, have you seen any other Saw movies? Did you just go into this previously, like Sawless? Uh,
1: no, I've seen um, five. This week? What?
0: Or yeah. number five.
1: No, I've seen all. I, I watched five Saw movies this week.
0: Well, uh, so not all of them. You, why, why did you leave two of them out of the rotation? Yeah, I ran, cool. out of, I ran out of time. No, nope, that's no excuse, Dingus. <sighs> Game over. All right, we're going to pause the podcast now and go let Dingus watch the last yeah, two Saws. I'm, I'm down, and yeah. then we'll be right back. All right. All, right. all right, and we're back. Dingus, what did you think of all of the Saw movies as a series? And then we'll get to this particular one. Now Especially that you've seen six and seven. Yeah, especially six and seven. Well, well first thing.
1: of all, I just want to say I love how um, Jigsaw's voice increasingly becomes more like Strong Bad. as <laughs> <Tom> <laughs> He
0: got very playful. <laughs> yeah, he yes.
1: He's very Strong Bad. I like that.
2: <sighs> In the movie?
4: No,
1: no I think either. it was your
0: rendition uh, of him, Kelly. Waters. I
2: haven't heard the real Jigsaw. I don't know. I'm just guessing how he sounds. <laughs> picture <laughs> him sounding like that, though. Kelly, how many have you seen? What's
0: your – what? Uh,
2: I've seen the first one, and I started to watch the second one. I fell asleep. And then I've seen this one, and I might have seen chunks of the other ones, but I don't really like them. I don't even like the first one, really. Um, but because I did I also, like
0: so. F- yeah. Well, hold that thought. I, I also, just so we know how many saws we've seen, I, I, I do like the first one. And like I said, it never would have occurred to me this was the eighth one, that there were eight of them now. Uh, because for the life of me, I don't know how many... Of the other ones I've seen, it can't be I that thought many. You saw them all. I don't think so, because I, I, I remember. Is more than you. Oh, yeah, me. probably. Like, I remember bits and pieces of different ones. Uh, I, know the, I know the formula that they're going for, right. uh, but all the continuity that they might or might not have doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, so I might have seen about as many as you, Kelly Wand. All right, so Dingus, we're designating you the Saw expert. For this podcast, for any lore questions, so
1: perfect. Um, I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to rely on Chris Webb for he he designates himself as our source oh, material really? expert because oh. he says he has seen all the saws multiple times. Though so, aside from the it. first, he says aside from the first one, I don't know if I've ever watched one while sober before Jigsaw. Oh, right.
2: Yeah, I can't imagine actually.
1: Um, Which actually, you did
2: probably. So you did, oh, so you yeah, did it.
1: Well, I did, um, and in the fact, one, I watched the the second one, um, accidentally, uh, with my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to protect her from it while she was doing some work, uh, and you know, on her computer. And she's like, "Come on, just turn on the sound." I'm like, "No, I don't want to bother you." It's like, "Come on, turn on the sound." And so I did, and she was like, "Boy, this is horrible." <laughs> She doesn't like horror. She wouldn't even go to Jigsaw. because right. She doesn't like horror, but she, you know, she's like, I don't, you know, I don't want you to have to wear headphones during this. Go and watch it with me. Um, I, do, I don't. I think the. I think these movies have more in common with a television series than with a movie series. Um, they seem to be more episodic, uh, and I don't mean that in a kind Star Wars way. Um, they seem to. Uh, they seem to end, and the next one picks up, and it feels very much like previously on ER um and then there's a whole bunch of retconning that goes on that was driving me crazy every time I watched one of these cuz I'm like wait a minute none of that seems true but there's a lot of clever stuff that that happens a lot of weird timeline stuff that happens but i think uh based on the original idea which i as much as i, I mean i i have to agree with tom on the first one i i like the way um, I like the idea of the script. I can't stand the acting. I think the acting is horrid in it, uh, and it's no. It, I didn't realize when I was watching it that the that that the dude who is the other guy in the room with Carrie anyone else, yeah, Lee anyone Lee else uh, wrote right. it and is in there, and he's terrible. I mean, I kind of liked him role. in that.
0: So let, oh, let me just real quick as a disclaimer: I I the first Saw movie is something that I went to a midnight screening of at a Sundance Film Festival, and a lot of the movies that you see at Sundance are terrible, and especially a lot of these midnight things can be pretty bad. Uh, so I I was pleasantly surprised and and super endeared to both James Wan and Lee Wanell, hmm. who got up afterwards for a Q and A, oh. and these were both just these. I, I think he's Australian, maybe from New Zealand or something. But they, these were both these just ebullient kids whose first movie had been accepted to Sundance. Yeah, they did not even like it. That it it definitely endeared fun. me to both of them quite a bit. And so I, I have fondness for Lee Winnell uh, and certainly James Wan, although he's made some crappy movies that I don't care for. But just my initial exposure to that movie and to them uh, was this kind of fun, joyous thing for me so uh i might be looking at lee one performance and the original saw movie through these kind of rose-colored lenses um so i'm sorry i I just wanted to get that in there dingus while you were talking about uh terrible acting but you like the concept of the first one i like the concept and lee Winnell is actually from uh, australia so you're close um
1: and uh i just couldn't stand his acting and i i didn't like carrie el was in it um I didn't like Danny Glover in it, and I don't like some of the structure. I don't like the weird flashback stuff that were
3: oh, yeah, where, the they, where
1: was... they leave the room because I think it's I think the best stuff is happening in the room, even even given the acting, um, and I think that yeah. the stuff that happens in later movies uh, with the other uh, with and, and all the apprentices that start piling up as the movies go on is just a lot of retcon crap. I think that they stitch it together as best they can, and I think there's some clever stitching that goes on. But as as like people like the the as the cops start getting involved, and you get more and more like wondering who is this actor supposed to remind me of? Because he they couldn't afford that actor. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I I think the I think it it just feels more like episodes. It feels like a season a whole season of Criminal Minds that goes over like eight years or 10 years or 18 years instead. Because it just really feels more like episodic television because of where television has gone in the interim. I mean, obviously, at the time, and I remember you, Tom, I remember you coming back from Sundance that year and saying, I saw this movie Saw. These are the things I liked about it. And at that point, I wasn't watching horror very much at all, so I was really not interested in seeing it. But I remember you saying basically you're very consistent about this, the same things you said now, um, that you were kind of excited about it. uh, These are its flaws. These are these are things I was really surprised about. And so watching it again this week, I kind of revisited some of those things that you were saying. So Um,
0: then uh, so so this this latest one here, uh, give us real briefly uh, what you think and over and under and where you think it stands amongst the rest of them are any of the others uh beyond one worth anything and where does this fall in with them
1: um you know i kind of liked to i kind of like what uh, kind of I, I mean while i do say retconning in a pejorative way there's some interesting things that they're doing with it there's some interesting things they are doing with the apprentices and 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 how and and i think tobin bell as a through line is a really he's I I really like that actor. Um, And I think that as long as you can sort of hang things on him, even if you're doing even if even if it doesn't necessarily make any sense, I think that works. Um, I think two is fine. I think three is pretty good. Five is okay. Um, Hmm. I I didn't see uh, six and seven.
0: So yeah, you did. Every... We paused the podcast Oh, That's know, right. I
1: did yeah. see that. That's, that's right. But seven promised to be the final chapter. So I'm. I have a grudge against seven because uh, it was the alternate title of it was the final chapter. Um. Uh. uh so anyway, uh, what what I did for over under is uh is uh, is horror movies that made me laugh. Uh, and this movie made me laugh, and I have five distinct instances where it made me, and at least two other people in the theater laugh. And we kind of be, we kind of bonded in the theater, laughing over these five specific moments or lines. Um, and so the under would be maximum overdrive, which I think is a horribly made movie, but <laughs> at least it made me laugh. I think it's it's just it's it's just incompetent. Uh, of course, it's directed by Stephen King. Uh, it's just incompetently made. Uh, this uh, this is fine for like kind of a television movie, I think, where television is right now. I don't understand the weird things that it shies away from. I don't understand the things it shows and I don't understand because I don't know horror the way you guys do the stupid things. The characters are constantly doing and, and, and the way the movie is stitched together, uh, for over, I would put another movie, which I think was written by the same pair of writers, uh, Piranha 3d. I would put this, oh, I would right. put Piranha 3d much above this, uh, because I really, really liked Piranha 3d. Um, but uh, uh but it was a horror movie that made me laugh uh and this but it made me laugh on purpose this made me laugh i think inadvertently
0: so i uh i you're just now reminding me dingus so I, I like uh some of what the spirit brothers have, have done before uh and i did look up and see oh these are the guys that wrote piranha 3d i think those two reasons mm, are why we saw this movie this week because i was kind of eager to see it for those uh reasons uh and unfortunately, I, I didn't care for this. I think it's you know, Dingus, you say, episodic TV, and I agree with that. But for me, it's just formula, like uh, and and not even formula. But, well, I should say a support structure for these elaborate death trap things. It's just a way to get people in there and to then create a twist ending at the end with some kind of a surprise. Uh, and I, so, I don't really care for this. Uh, my over and under are movies that use elaborate Byzantine plots or devices or schemes to punish someone for his sins uh, and force him or her to do something that's really difficult to do, you know, like reach into a pit of syringes or something dumb like that. So my over and under that kind of movie. Uh, my under is a really, really stupid, dumb movie called Drone starring Sean Bean as a, as a guy who works as a contractor for the evil CIA secretly flying drones remotely uh, from a base. Uh, he and his family get held hostage by a Pakistani fellow whose family was killed by a drone strike that presumably Sean Bean launched. Uh, and the Pakistani wants Sean Bean, during this hostage situation, to confess to his family, because he hasn't told them, uh, that, yeah, he's a drone striker and he, he covers up evidence about collateral damage and he gets innocent people killed uh and the hostage taker the pakistani guy has a more elaborate plan beyond that for how everything's supposed to play out but what makes part of what makes drones so stupid is that the guy's ultimate plan is a really dumb idea uh and who would set that up like once the movie surprises you with the point of the plan you're like oh that's what you're gonna do really you're an idiot uh so (laughs) Drone is stupid. Drone is really bad. Uh, I can't stand drone. Over this is a movie that I actually saw today. I did a three for today, and there are weird coincidences between all three of them. So I saw Jigsaw, then I saw um, uh, Yorgos lanthimos's movie. He's the guy that did the lobster, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, mm. and then I saw Happy Death Day. Oh, I okay. want to see that. So you do for a reason I'll tell you about in a minute. At any rate, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer and Happy Death Day both reference Groundhog Day, oddly enough, for for different reasons. Furthermore, Killing of a Sacred Deer – and I had no idea about this – is very much this same structure as Saw, this super elaborate scheme to punish someone for his sins and force him to do something really difficult. Uh, that's what Killing of a Sacred Deer is, and I had no idea. <clears throat> and it's uh, – there's, um, there's some wonderful filmmaking in Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos knows how to shoot a movie. His weird, absurdist tone is very distinct. We saw it in The Lobster, and that's very much present in Killing of a Sacred Deer. But the problem is Killing of a Sacred Deer is a horror movie. And that weird, absurdist, deadpan tone that helps make the lobster, I think, really, really funny doesn't really work in a horror movie. I'll be the judge of this. You no, know, you, so, Kelly Wan, it's for yeah. you. This is, it's, uh, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer is for you. Dingus, I don't think it's for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Because Killing of a Sacred Deer is nearly as outrageous as Mother, but it's mm-hmm. quietly outrageous. And I think ineffectively so because of Yorgos Lanthimos's uh, weird, deadpan absurdism. I, I don't think it works here. But the amazing thing in Killing of a Sacred Deer, in, in addition to some really cool filmmaking, do uh, you know who Barry Kogan is, the guy we saw in – he had a small part in 71, and he played George in Dunkirk, who sails oh. across the channel with uh, Mark Rylance. He's, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, just, he's got these bright blue eyes and this kind of impressionable, slack-jawed look to him. I think he's an Irish kid. Um, he is flat-out amazing in Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, it is a fantastic performance. This I'm so excited about this kid getting more work after seeing him in Killing of a, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, for that reason alone, I would say uh, it's worth seeing um, if, if you like performances. So there is my over, and there's a scene in Killing of a Sacred Deer where they're sitting there watching Groundhog Day. Okay. It's kind of, uh, and and just, the guy – just people decide like to watch – pardon?
2: Don't give anything away about Happy Death Day because I kind of want to see it now. Okay, here's what I'll give away now about I don't know Happy what it's Day. about.
0: Happy Death Day, and the reason that I saw it um, uh, it – well, you know, I'll just explain real quick. I don't mean to get us so sidetracked. Uh, I saw Happy Death Day because uh, if you love a movie and you watch that movie over and over again and you're so familiar with a scene, you will pay attention to different things in the scene as you watch it over and over again. And you'll find some really delightful things, and one of the super delightful things that I have found in La La Land – um, most of the musical bits in La La Land, there's the, the, the overture with the, the lots of people in it. Uh, then there's a musical bit with Emma Stone and her three roommates, and most of the other musical bits are just Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. It's just the two of them. So in the many times that I've rewatched La La Land, there are times I watch the musical number called uh, Someone in the Crowd – With Emma Stone and her roommates and I'll just focus on one of the roommates and they're all a lot of fun in different ways there's the kind of bitchy roommate there's the uh, sultry exotic roommate who played Oscar Isaac's robot in uh, Ex Machina and then there's an adorable perky blonde roommate who's my favorite just for how super expressive she is her name is Jessica Roth Uh, and she's the lead in Happy Death Day which is why I saw it and it takes it, it gives her a lot of fun stuff to do. Uh, she's just super perky and fun to watch in Happy Death Day, which is a stupid, dumb movie, but she's a lot of fun in it, and uh, it, it takes good advantage of how expressive she is. Mm. So so anyway, there you go. I saw a bunch of movies today. My over is Killing of a Sacred Deer. My middle is Jigsaw. My under, which I saw a while ago, is Drone. <laughs> Kelly Wand, what did you think of Jigsaw? What's an over and an under? Uh. Since I saw the German dubbed
2: version, mm-hmm. I I have to speculate as to the acting in it, and I usually the acting is usually what bums me out about the Jigsaw movies. Um, kind of with Dingus on that. Although I don't like the writing either. But if those guys made that the first saw is their student film, it kind of makes me reevaluate it. Like mm-hmm. as a as a first effort, it's not that bad. Yeah, um, and it I like it's not a bad. film formula uh but it's and i like the writing yourself into a corner of having a villain who's dying in your first movie and then it becomes like this A movie thing it's like a master commander kind of thing breaking (laughs) that but uh the thing that bugged me about saw is the same thing that dingus said where they leave the room and it gets really boring and um for me, this movie kind of justified leaving the room because that's their trick. And mm-hmm. so I kind of liked that. I like the efficiency of it. Um, I still don't – I the thing that was bugging
0: me is, the, okay, I didn't even know what the dialogue was, but I was able to follow the story kind of, and I wasn't uh, – Now, can you give us an over and under? Because I hesitate – I want to jump in and address some of the stuff you're saying, but I want to give you a chance to, to basically give us an overview of what you thought and give us an over and under.
2: Uh. All right. Well, my over under is just thought of torture porn movies that I think are good, mm-hmm. um, and so my over is Devil's Rejects. I think is probably the best one mm-hmm. that I've seen, and my under is Human Centipede Three, which is the worst one I've seen. Just <laughs> it's kind of close. Yeah, it's a huge disappointment, yeah. which is saying something about Human Centipede. All right, but... so
0: so go on. So you were saying basically you, you feel this one does earn the uh, the the sort of uh, jumping out of the room uh which disappointed dingus you feel like this was earned in in jigsaw
2: yeah and i well because it's a plot point Mm -hmm. and it's part of the trick that the the movie's playing on us so i i liked that as a as an idea i don't know if it necessarily worked or translated that well because also the dialogue might have been boring as shit in all those scenes um because i just had to speculate because it was i was just watching german dubs but maybe that (laughs) would
0: Uh, you me. did miss, for instance, when the first Buckethead is – when the Buckethead is brought into the coroner. Uh, I, it, it's kind of funny to me to see who gets cast as coroners in movies. Normally right. it's some schlubby, pale fella like Vincent Schiavelli or, or something like that. Uh, this was a movie with hot coroners, which was kind of yeah, funny. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, when they bring the coroners in, uh, the guy says to the woman, oh, what do you think? And she says, he looks a little pale. <laughs> And she basically likes rips and uh, pretty it. So that's the kind of dialogue you missed, Kelly Oland. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I would, yeah. I do love Tom's new T V series, Hot Corners. <laughs>
0: I wonder what <laughs>
2: I mean that's what Quincy was supposed to be. Wait,
0: What's Jack Klugman's supposed uh, to be hot? Wait a minute. Well there's at to the old end, ladies, it, to old ladies, maybe Kelly. One to the, to the, the credits, fifty to sixty-five demographic. Yeah. And the credits, he's touching a bikini chick on a boat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I vaguely remember that. You're right.
2: <laughs> they go. Oh, he's looking at a dead body. No, it's alive, hot. Right. Body. That's right. He's yeah. He, same body. hands. They touch. Right. De- he goes to work, and then you know. That's what I remember. The, that she's yeah. smelling from outside, coming at her from behind, right
0: there. All right, so Kelly, you saw it dubbed. Uh, Dingus, do you feel that, uh, that Kelly oh. Wan might have missed out on anything by by not uh, – was there any intricate stuff here that you think Kelly missed out on? Intricate stuff? Oh, yeah, no. or cool dialogue or off. plot points that – so Kelly Wan, you got the whole idea about the time jump.
2: Yeah, I did, and um, I did hey, it When just, you say I... you saw it dubbed, you –
0: see, wait, it was in English. It was just
2: – No, it wasn't. That's dubbed. Or that's subtitles.
1: No, he saw it he saw it dubbed in German. Dubbed into German.
0: Oh, dubbed in oh, German. Oh, right, right. Dubbed for the local market where you live. That makes way more sense. Right. right. Uh, okay. But I he see, didn't even right, get right. to that hear the – we'll
1: he didn't get to hear the acting. Right.
0: Oh, right.
1: Okay.
2: okay. And, like the, and so I missed some of the vocal performances, which is why I think Germany kind of sucks for that. Like I don't get why they would deprive themselves of the vocal performances of the movie.
0: So oddly enough – Go ahead. Oddly enough, uh, as far as – um. I'm not sure if I'm using this word correctly, but as far as phenomes and whatnot, uh, English and German uh, relate relatively well. Like compared to say Japanese movies and I think French movies. Sure. Uh, dubbing uh, in German girl. is a is, is a more feasible way yeah. to watch a movie than in say French or Spanish or, or uh, Japanese. Maybe, but
2: you're still like I don't like to watch. Dubbies. No, no, I
0: know, I know. It's, yeah.
2: But also the point, the thing that so, but it's a different experience because it makes me have to like look look at the movie differently, and it's generally less fun to watch it this way. But in a movie like this, it, it's almost like it's good training calisthenics for your brain, because you're trying to figure out certain sort of things. And what I noticed was, I could tell when the deaths were going to happen, because they were still telegraphed by these predictable dialogue and editing rhythms that are ah, the same. Sure, sure. And so the fact that I could, and so I don't know if that makes me smart or the movie dumb, but I wondered if in English I would have been tricked easier, but probably even worse. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think the movie's kind of dopey. But uh, I don't know. Compared to the other Saw movies, it seemed like it had a good palette. Like there seemed like
0: a lot of um, I don't know how stupid the brain teasers were, though. Like, I don't know what was going on. As far as like what clues they were given and all that. Stuff, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You missed out I had on to that. Make, stuff.
2: I had to make all that up. Yeah. So I'm right. just so to defend this movie is kind of a weird position for me because some of the stuff I that makes or undermines my case, I can't speak to.
0: Uh, How do we feel about this uh, idea that they're torture porn? And yeah, yeah. Not this one wasn't as much. Because you mentioned you, you were a little surprised at some of the things that it was coy about. Is that what you're talking about? Like some extreme gore stuff?
1: Yeah, Well, it's it's gory. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys, and this is kind of. I don't know. I guess it's sort of dovetailing off of your question: is that none of these movies are scary to me, and I'm right. really, I'm really, yeah, I mean, I'm really an easy scare, and I find none of this scary. They're just gross. Well, it's just, it's just <laughs> gross. It's just gory. None
2: of the um, scary to me cause because it, you feel like your life's really vulnerable when you're watching.
1: Well, you, it be- you begin scary. the movie with the premise of all of these characters deserve to die. Right. Well, yeah, you can't what even do I care them. then? Exactly. So, so what you're left with is gore, and what are you going to do with what are you going to do with the gory aspects? And they're of all it? dumb. And, and you know, I guess maybe part of it is getting inured to it after watching like five of them this week. You know, the guy getting his leg cut off, the other guy getting thrown into the um, into the thing that Kelly I forget how he put it, but it was the black hole, the black hole the black powered hole. by the, the motor black motorcycle,
2: powered by motorcycle.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was. Uh, uh, foreshadowed earlier in the "Hey, look at my shrine to Jigsaw" room. I'm a red herring. Hey, everybody um, with red hair. Uh, I, don't it's just, it, I, don't, it's I don't know. It just. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's try the stakes. I mean, what, what was weird to me is the weird ways that it. it weird, these movies all back off of sexuality completely, which is whatever. That's fine, and it, and it even did this weird like he says. I, and you 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 call him Harvey Keitel. I I I looked at him as this weird poor man's John Malkovich for some reason. He kept reminding yeah, me
0: of. Yeah, I thought Malkovich. that too. You guys well, don't we'll, think of him as yeah. Dodd? I mean, even though, even after Battlestar Galactica, he's the guy that uh, Guy Pierce has wrapped up in Memento. He's Dodd to me. It doesn't. Uh, is that just me? It, All right, no. okay.
1: Uh, but he he went to, at one point. He yells the word mother. And he gets cut off and three of us in the theater started laughing our heads off because he gets cut off in the middle of the word motherfucker. Like, why would you not do that? You're in our movie. What's wrong with you?
0: They drop F-bombs, though. Yeah, they do, but I don't. Yeah, it's so it just
1: why? seemed like this, they did this. They, they played this weird, like, back and forth with those types of
2: things. I don't was, like the no sex thing either. You're right. It should have sex, too. Like, it should be interesting characters or sexual. I don't know.
1: Wait, it's why they're they're not, you know, not sexual at all? There's no sex in these. That's what I'm saying. Yep. But I think it would be better with
0: it. Uh, just why, now, why do you say. Well, because. So here's the thing, One, I, I think Chased. that what, once you introduce sexuality into violence, it is a lot less. No. um in a, innocent in a way, like just stupid gore against characters you don 't care about there 's kind of an innocence to that, but when you add in sexual titillation, I think it becomes way less comfortable uh, I, that that brings an element to it that uh, I'm, I'm, is less playful and i 'm glad is not there oh, so um, you want it to
1: be more because I, I think of horror as one of the um... Goals should be to make you uncomfortable. I know. But, well,
0: that's so Dingus, when you say this isn't scary, uh, this is a kind of horror that I it's th- this this is kind of horror, and, and this is, I think, why it's called torture porn Is it's not the kind of horror that's supposed to make you uncomfortable for any deep seated anxieties. It's the kind of horror that's supposed to make you uncomfortable in a wouldn't that hurt if my leg was right. in there kind of way. It's like putting your hand in a box, it's ew. It, right, it, it's it's ick, it's genre. icky stuff, and it's not supposed to be anything deeply psychological or disturbing. And when you when you pair when you pair violence and sexuality, that is genuinely disturbing. And especially, I, I think this is fair to say, in a different way f- for women. By the way, if you if you were a woman in an audience watching a movie that pairs violence and sexuality, I think it would be disturbing in a different way than it would to men. Uh, yes. And that's something that we may not be as sensitive to. But um, I'm I'm glad that, for instance, in and so it would be a different kind of movie. For instance, if the women who were like thrown into these meat grinder things or whatever were naked, like that would be weird and uncomfortable. And a lot of '70s movies used to do that kind of stuff. Um, and that's why I think stuff like Last House on the Left, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, I think a lot of that stuff is just trash because it's not at all sensitive. To how weird violence is when you add sexuality to it. Um, I don't
2: think he understood what I said. I just meant in there, like the characters are sexy. Oh, characters. so
0: you want, yeah, like, you want? Well, go go ahead. I, I, so yeah, I didn't. So Kelly wanted. Yeah, you're right. I guess I I I was making yeah, something that you made. You wanted
2: se- a teaser. I just okay. want more sexually active characters getting into these fixes. Well, it
0: sounds like you want more authentic
1: characters, right? Or just
0: grounded, fleshed like, out. Like you want, right? Right.
1: These are just people who deserve to be punished, and then they have to figure something out. And we don't care if any of them die, so there's no
0: stakes,
1: as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's interesting the way you put that, Tom, because I think it's Saw three is the one that first introduces Angus McFadden's character, um, Jeff. Uh, And there is a a woman hanging – like by her hanging nude and being frozen as he has to decide whether or not to unlock her. And there's no, it's not, sec, it's not sexy at all. She's nude and being sprayed with water in a, in a freezer. Um, and there's nothing sexy about it. There's no sexuality going on whatsoever. It's just, and it's not scary either. It's just what decision he's going to make. And this is all, these are all movies about decisions. And I think increasingly as the series goes on, and again, I don't know six or seven, but it seems they like you asked, initially when we started this about torture porn mm-hmm. and this becomes more and more torture porn and less and less interesting as far as I'm concerned about the puzzles that are done. Cause all I keep thinking as we go on is how can he f- possibly afford all of these gigas and how can he <laughs> afford all of the time to do this or all these computer and didn't he monitors. hire
0: Yeah. Didn't he hire people to build it who must've wondered Dude, why are we building all this stuff?
1: <laughs> well, he doesn't hire them. He he just he, he yeah. cultivates apprentices, as it turns out. Um,
3: but right, ori- originally,
1: victims. I think in the first movie, it's supposed to be him building all this, shit. and then they explain it in in. Um, uh, I think it's the fourth movie, or maybe it's the fifth movie, where they where they talk about his backstory and they 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 fill it in like how he owned a business and blah blah blah. Um, but <laughs> but I, ke- I still keep wondering in. Alexander was wondering this too. I was like, how is he's hooked up to an IV? How is he getting out and doing all these things? <laughs> how is he lifting these bodies? How is he building all of these devices? How can he afford all of this time? And then for me, going beyond that is where, where's all this omniscience coming from? Because in each of these other movies, he knows like this dude who, you know, who, who ran over a bunch of kids when he was in high school. How do you know yeah. that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, who's his where's his research department? Like how does he find these cases that are slipping through the cracks? Like no one saw a server her farm somewhere, somewhere.
1: Like, like where they're just constantly finding police files. Is
2: like, that explained ever how he knows these things about these people? No. Yeah, he overheard his
0: neighbor. <laughs> like he listened through well, yeah. the he walls. Yeah. So I I want to get back to the torture porn thing because I I, I kinda of feel like it's uh it's a little unfair to characterize these as torture porn, and I feel like this when that is … used to describe them. It is used in a dismissive and, I feel, inaccurate way because okay, …… I'm glad you said this because I don't know really how to use that term properly. People just use it when, they, when they're talking about movies that have too much violence for them that they don't like that are bad. That tends to be what the average person means when they say torture porn, um, and, and what I would characterize as torture porn uh, – we'll get to that in a minute – but I think the point of these movies is uh, two things. Uh, one of them is – and I, I, I don't think it's successful in, this, in trying to do this part – and one of them is this idea of a kind of a morality play where yes. you have a character who you feel is, no, that person shouldn't die. And then we reveal about that character a reason that they should die, and right. they do die, and there's a kind of a, a – a, a, A moral universe being engineered by Jigsaw is people who we look at as the heroes who we want to escape. Nope, they've done something terrible. She got frustrated and murdered her baby. Yes, she should die. Like that is a a formula that's going on with the people that get killed here. And if it had been torture porn, like fetishizing suffering – that's what I think the definition of torture porn would be. Uh, then mm. we wouldn't want there to be a moral order to why and how people die like that. Plus, they do die in the in the morality play; they don't escape. Right, right, exactly. Like, like people are held accountable for murdering their babies and for selling bum bikes, uh, motorbikes and, and uh, yeah, in in, the, in these movies. So that, well, that's one. Go ahead, Dingus.
1: I just want to say that as, huh? the, as the series goes on, and, and I call it a series. Uh, Other characters cause these things to happen for purely sadistic reasons or for revenge reasons. And they're not – and he he castigates them for this or he dresses them down or whatever because they're they're not quite following his rule set. But they're still doing it and we still have to watch it. Yeah. Well, not just the copycats. The copycat I think happens in later. But apprentices who – don't quite have a handle on what he's talking about, so we're still made to watch these grisly deaths. But there's no moral reason for it because they don't understand, ah, or, or they're doing that. it for okay. their own reasons. So anyway, go ahead, Tom.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that, that's yeah. Well, that that I okay. Well, then here is what I think the movie is doing more than torture porn, and where I do think it's actually kind of successful and entertaining. And I think this is what accounts for its success. Uh, these are escape rooms. You know they're puzzles. Yep. They're puzzle movies. They're strangers thrown into a dire situation, uh, and they have to figure it out because it is a puzzle with a solution. It is a game, uh, and the popularity of escape rooms in the last five years, I'm guessing, might have had something to do with why this got greenlit and, and funded and made, uh, uh, is because the Saw movies are just about escape rooms. You know, put right. put people in a room and give them a puzzle and if they don't solve it, they, they die. They die. And I thought the movies were about they deserve to die anyway, um, but it sounds like in some of them that's not the case. Um, well, so I so and, I, and I just yes. want to say real quick, I think those two things, or at least the whole thing about an escape room, is more prominent than any fetishizing of human suffering or pain uh,
1: or gore. Mm.
0: Uh, so you would put like
1: what the, these movies are doing above like the things that Eli Roth is doing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So torture porn uh, – which, by the way, there's a long history of torture porn. I mean, if you, if I you read – you read the Grave, yeah. Well, no, even longer. Uh, Pit in a Pendulum at and Poe. Yeah. It's just about a guy being tortured. It's and it's it's just well, about it's how, an escape room
1: because he well, does yeah, yeah, he
0: well, he doesn't escape. He gets saved, but uh, it's the same thing. It's this poor guy uh, describing all these terrible things that are happening to him, and it's horrific, mm-hmm. and it's the Inquisition. Like it even has a historical basis, but uh, there's yeah. a whole history of of theater that began in France called uh, grand guignol Gwin- 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 right. Gwin- grand guignol Gwin- Gwin- yeah it's a french word i don't know how to say it but those Fragics. were just short little stage plays that were based on gimmick gore uh, it would just be like uh it, be, it would like look horrific. I mean, they didn't have movies back then, of course. They would just do gore gimmicks on stage uh, with right, practical yeah. effects, and it would horrify people. And there would be these little morality plays, but they were basically just quick little episodes of gore, and Grand Guignol Gwign- was very successful, and it spread to other places than, than Paris where they had this theater. Uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis is a horror director who basically – he did like little titillating nudie films but then veered off into doing stupid gore movies. And eventually they just became kind of like this – they just became excuses to string together gore effects, uh, uh, and mm-hmm. he stopped shooting in what the 70s, maybe even the 60s. Um, there's so a there, there's a precedent for stuff that is torture porn that is just s- suffering in gore without much context, and I think here mm. there's too much context to dismiss it as uh, torture porn.
1: I think that's an interesting point actually, there, and by the way, there is I think in Five uh pit in the there's a pendulum a pit in ah, the pendulum right. sure. that goes on um you know if if I were and I really kind of like what you're going for here because I think if I were a theology a budding theology student, I would do a paper about these movies as with jigsaw as actual God right and using him as as not just a god figure but God, and this is how he treats humans.
0: You know, in in sort of a cynical way, I guess. Um, well, and how he's trying to engineer a moral cause and effect in the universe, like he's and yeah. trying to and trying to teach people
1: lessons and understand that there are rules in the universe, and if you don't follow those rules, this is what's going to happen. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Kelly, were you Saw. ever sca- were you ever scared? So I I find it no. thing is I love when you point out that you're not scared in a movie because I don't I don't I don't know that it's i just miss- thrillers. Well, I don't know that I necessarily let my like I'm. I'm not sure this movie is supposed to like scare you. That's
1: what I wanted to ask you guys. You're not. You don't think it's even supposed to scare you?
0: Well, they're dumb jump scares, but I really think it's supposed to make you think. Yeah, what if I was hanging in a in a black hole with a spinning blade upside down? Yeah, that would. I think it's supposed to make you think that would hurt. What I (laughs) can. What's that? My nose. Which one there's,
1: you want? There's no jump scare that ever scares me because pighead. Oh come there's on! There's never been a moment where pighead doesn't succeed.
0: Dingus, come on! The, the whole flashbulb every bit. In, time. The flashbulb bit in the first Saw. Come on. <sighs> I don't
1: remember
0: that. That was a great jump scare. Wasn't
1: yeah. It? Like no, because, uh. well, not watching it this time because <laughs> I've ta- I've talked about that because we've we've talked about how that's played out.
0: Well, right, but how old is that? That's like 15 years old. Like I don't. Right, I, I exactly. But right. watching
1: it now, I mean, I don't find that scary. I mean, yeah, I find they the they invented it. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> right, I know. <just> <laughs> um, but uh, I find that movie scarier than any of the movies that followed. They're just not scary for me, and I'm an easy scare. So it's interesting to me because I really wanted to ask both of you this: uh, if you even think it's supposed to be scary, and you don't even think it's supposed to be scary.
0: I think it's supposed to make you wince, and I think I'm a little inured to. Like just you know somebody putting his hand or her hand on a saw, I just know it's going to be some digital effect. And if I don't care about the character because it's not really earning me, yeah, it seemed it, to cut
1: away a lot. I thought
0: like it seemed it really did feel restrained. weirdly tame, didn't it, Kelly Wand? Yeah. What
1: do you What do you mean by that? Cut away a lot because show, Chris. And, then, and sometimes Chris Webb says he he misses he kind of misses the MTV style cutting from the earlier movies, and he doesn't yeah. think think that's here. So what do you mean by cut away?
2: The only one I remember is when the guy's head gets sectioned at the end. Like there's a good shot of it and there's a lot of lingering shots of the de- of the buckethead guy when he's being dissected but it seemed like every time there was blood drawn you weren't it wasn't on screen like you'd, you'd they'd cut to the screen instantly and in like a, a splatter.
0: Oh, you mean okay.
2: There were no money shots or surprisingly few
0: considering. I do think and it was a weird choice of effect. I think that uh sectioning keith kalamrenny's head which looked to me like an octopus like that that's what it's that's the effect they're going for lasers yeah it makes your head look like an octopus or it 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 makes your your head look like look like the monster in life calvin that little creature like you just unfolds into like octopus tentacles i'm like that's okay that's but i
2: like the corpses there was some good like
0: like the
2: diagonal head guy looked awesome the teeth.
0: It's something – it's right. so creepy when you see a jaw and a tongue yes. exposed like that, whether it's the bottom yeah. jaw gone or the top of the head gone. Uh, like wasn't there a corpse in Snowman that was kind of like that? Yeah. They, they did Val Kilmer's head like that at one point I think. But Maybe. yeah, I find that super you're disturbing to see the tongue.
2: The to get a clue is always cre- yeah. freaky to me.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that's right. that'll make you wince, is pushing the blood under the, the dead yeah. person's fingernail. reaching
2: into their mouths and moving teeth <laughs> to pick out paper. That's great.
1: So Chris Webb agrees with you, Tom. He, he thinks the money shot of lasers cutting the head and the head flopping apart was what he calls his nice moment.
0: Yeah. It, it was just, yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was a weird me choice, was, but yeah.
1: To me, it was a laugh moment. It was one of the, the laugh
0: moments that I had in this movie. And there All right, so what about. were your other laugh moments, dingus?
1: Uh, okay, the very first one was uh, "This is not going to end well." Um, th- that line <laughs> just made me and two that? dudes. I-, I don't remember. I just remember it. I just remember this is not
3: going to end well. I think no, it was I after. I, it I think right. it
1: was after the guy's hand gets shot off, um, and after he says, Look, "Which the one of you assholes shot him in the head?" It started. Uh, and then this is not going to end well. And I immediately started laughing, and the two dudes in front of me started laughing, too. So it was the first one. Say they um,
2: the next off. one this is, is a go- oh,
1: you got a computer we can stick this in? Which just... <laughs> <Damn
0: it. laughs> that was funny, yeah.
1: <laughs> Which just made us laugh, because there's so many reasons why that's laughable. <laughs> that, oh, we pulled this thing out of a dead body. Let's just stick it in one of our computers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What
0: the hell? <laughs> I mean, and, and that that also like you don't, I don't, I I'm, I would say like if I found a USB drive, I'd say, do you have some place that we could play this, or that we could look at the – Like, do you have a computer you could stick this in? That's like yeah. something your grandfather would say about technology or something. It's just so yeah. weird. Also,
1: These oh are professionals. Like, that you're going to like accept this thumb
0: drive that could have
1: whatever viruses yeah, or whatever on traps. it. Let's just stick the it in a random death
0: computer. Traps. <laughs> Let's take right. the guy who does death traps. Yeah. yeah, let him let him have access to your files. Go ahead. Let's yeah. put this on our <laughs> eye for a minute. They don't,
1: they don't use don't like, like, like use a, a a computer that's never been on the internet, which which they call what do they call it? An, an, an Firewall air...
0: or a burner or I uh,
1: I don't know, not an airbraked uh, an air-gapped computer. I think is what they call it. No
0: air gapped That's that. a real. Weird... Oh, okay, you I must think... know that from professionals because I've never heard that in a movie.
1: Um, the next one I liked was "Buried Deep Online," was when, when oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> the dark net, the Jigsaw <laughs> fan page was buried deep online. Yeah, boy, it had a really long URL to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Hotlink yeah. anywhere either. You had to type it in.
1: No, I don't know how we got to the deep. Eat
2: Charlize Theron from Fast and the Furious Eight to get you. So. <laughs> or Santa
1: uh so um you and then it was the you got one job one job to do you useless mother and then we all laughed at that because he didn't say fuck her um and then the fifth one was the um these are goddamn laser cutters the most powerful blade on the planet i mean like.
2: <laughs> what god damn it all right i gotta learn german i can't see and by the way sound.
1: if you if you didn't know that When he was looking at the ceiling that he wasn't going to see the cuts over uh, for me, it was poor man, Jared Butler's uh, head. Um, If you didn't know, Gerard Butler, uh, for me, that, that coroner dude was Gerard Butler. Uh, but the poor man's version. Uh, if you didn't know, that you weren't going to see that over his head, and that he wasn't going to be another fake corpse and one, and yet again one of these movies. That's the thing, it but cuts
2: away from the money shots before that, so you go, oh, it's cutting away from the money shot of the lasers, that's cheap, so they tricked me.
1: So, uh, the, So, all of that, and then finally the weird his head opening like an eggplant or whatever that was. Somebody might so- have been Chris who said it looks like an like an alien pot opening up or something.
0: Yeah, it's his Calvin from life. It's a weird little tentacle. Oh yeah, very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, All
0: right, I wanna rage hard about uh, something right now. Oh rage hard. Tom Okay, so we have some backstory about these guys being captured in Fallujah, right? Oh, we are also told that before he's captured, he did manage to kill a couple of Taliban. All right. (laughs) All right, dill holes. Fallujah is in the Anbar province in Iraq. We fought Iraqi Sunni insurgents in Fallujah. The Taliban, you fuckwits, are in Afghanistan. Right. They're different countries. If you're going to write a script – how many people saw that and didn't know that you don't fight the Taliban in Fallujah? Maybe Uh, they were the only two Taliban. Yeah, there were two Taliban in Fallujah, and he killed them both. I could not believe that. I wanted to stand up at the theater and say to the audience, are you guys hearing this? Do you hear what they just did? Oh my god, that's so stupid. Because I love – by the way, I I like – the idea of of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan being incorporated in movies in the same way yeah. when I was a kid, we would talk about Vietnam, and that would be this huge context for your character because it meant a lot back then. I mean Vietnam's still a big deal. So it, it means a lot if you're going to invoke uh, Fallujah or the Taliban or Iraq or Afghanistan. That means a lot. That is fraught with context and meaning and significance. Nobody caught but but freaking get it right, yeah. Nobody caught that. No read that script caught what you just said. Uh, I could not believe like that. that. I, was, I yeah. So there's my heart raging. <laughs> well, maybe uh, Orlando
1: Bloom's character from
0: the guy who couldn't even get out of a helicopter. Wait, are you going to make fun of poor Orlando Bloom in Black Hawk Down? No, I'm going to make Orlando. fun of him in,
1: in Unlocked when he. Oh, oh
0: unlocked! <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, dingus! <laughs> Why when would you go up, there?
1: When you messed Around up the, me. uh,
0: what was the oh, province? Oh, very he good. Up? He was trying to trick, uh, what's her face, Numi Rapace about oh, where yeah. he that served. Was terrorism. Right. Very good, Dingus. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. What was it? I can't. I can't remember what the province was. Like, he wanted to call it Hellman
0: Province, but that's the name. Diala Province. Name. Yeah, I don't remember, but uh, that's that's a good point. Um. Uh. So let's then talk about the Spearig brothers. Uh. This is their fourth movie. They did a movie called Undead. Uh, in Australia, they then did a movie called Daybreakers, they did Predestination, and now they've done Jigsaw. Which ones have you guys seen? Kelly Wand, you go first. Have you seen uh, Undead, Daybreakers, or Predestination? I haven't even seen Jigsaw in English, <laughs> so I'm for 4. <laughs> all right, Dingus, did you watch any – instead of watching the stupid Saw movies, you could have at least watched Predestination. Tell I really
1: me. Wish, I really wish I'd watched – I haven't seen Predestination. Uh, all right, I've seen Daybreakers. Daybreakers is the vampire it's one. Is that
0: good, right? Tom? Yeah, it's not that good. It's just I would I would li- I'd like to talk about it because Predestination is a really cool puzzle movie, and it made me think that they would be great to do Jigsaw because Jigsaw is a puzzle movie. These are about puzzle rooms, um, and and also the the uh the there's an Australian actress named Sarah Snook in Predestination who, uh. who's great. She's so good in Predestination. It's one of those movies that you're watching, and you're like, whoa, who is that? And it's basically just her and Ethan Hawke talking. I mean, that's what a lot yeah. of Predestination is um, talk. So Daybreakers and yeah, that Daybreakers kind of. So you did? You said you saw Daybreakers? Who? Dingus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you see Daybreakers? <laughs> like <laughs> for this movie, or you'd previously seen it? No, I, I've seen it. I saw it a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Daybreakers is uh, kind of inconsequential. I remember it yeah. looked kind of cool. Like it looked. It had this I sort had of kind sleek of a cool
1: future. concept to it, and I, I was kind of interested in the vampire right. thing at the time. The,
0: and so n- neither of you then saw Undead, their very first movie. Uh, right. Which one is it? So is it, it, the it
2: that's
0: a, that's uh, a good, Kelly Wan, does have a very generic name, and I'm a little surprised that that name had not been taken by the time that they made it. Uh, the thing about Undead is that it just – it looks like a zombie outbreak movie, um, and it is. Uh, unfortunately, they go for a super comic tone, which doesn't work – mainly because their lead actor is a putz. They have a terrible oh, hero.
1: The, so heroine,
0: the heroine, on the other hand, is awesome. She's this kind of mousy Australian woman. She reminds me of a, a Tony Collette in um, Muriel's Wedding. Uh, she's great in Undead, but Undead thinks it's really funny, and it's constantly doing little musical cues with its jokes, and it's like uh, a cartoon. I hate it's that. A, yeah. Uh, it, it, but... What Undead does, it has a really zany plot by the time it's over that explains the zombie outbreak and how it occurs and, and how it gets resolved. And Undead has a great last scene. That, unfortunately, uh, is spoiled on the freaking movie poster. Uh, so if you see the poster and think, "Well, that looks that looks cool, I want to see that movie, that's not the movie you'll be watching. That is the thing that the movie will get to. It's the and- ending you'll be watching. Exactly. That is the ending where it will leave you hanging. And it's, it's a like very cool Yaris. ending. It's a very cool ending. Yeah, very cool. Well, yeah, exactly, Kelly if you If you go to Quiet Earth thinking, I want to see this dude on yeah, alien planets. It's super mind-blowing it Heinlein science fiction. And you go and you see it, and whoop, nope, that was the cool brain – uh, that was the cool, like, twisty, provocative final image you're left thanks with. Thanks
2: for the lead-up to the map painting. Right. For the-
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same with Undead. Is Thanks for the lead-up to this chick in a gas mask with a cool, weird shotgun guarding a bunch of zombies. Uh,
2: they should yeah. just hand movie posters out after the movie. For the-
0: <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> now you can see it. Animal Kingdom, here you go. Thing is, you wouldn't get this, but Kelly Wan, do you know the Texas Chainsaw Massacre homage in the Saw movies, uh, it's got to be an homage, if not a direct ripoff.
2: Is it a is it a Sawmage? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
1: is it the pig face?
0: Oh, uh, is there a pig face in Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It's not leather. All oh, right. No, it's the it's the door slamming shut. Like that's uh, a that's uh, yeah. a weird moment. That's actually one of the, I I hate Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's what? now my sec, my second Zelda? time saying that. On this, yeah, I think the, the original one's trash. Um, Dude. You crazy? You're no. So crazy. It's horrible. What? It's horrible. Franklin? Franklin. Hello. The, the West Craven I, Texas Chainsaw massacre. Yeah, it's junk. That's not West Craven. It's Toby Ho- Hooper. Toby Fo- Hooper. Hooper. Right. Right. Sorry, my other other coked up uh, horror director. You don't like director. Grandpa.
2: You don't like uh, the fucking chili
0: guy who's nope. in the, like the third. Ah, oh, dude, what's wrong with you? Um, however, I do like there's a really uncomfortable scene where a guy gets like killed with a, a hammer, and then his body's dragged into a room, and a steel door which you didn't expect to be there gets slammed shut. Right. And that was the end of Jigsaw, and I think the end of at least one other one that I've seen. So, Dingus, is that a, a saw thing? Is it a certain point? Tobin Bell slams a steel door shut. Is that his signature move? Yeah, is that like a signature move? Like, yeah, they're constantly chainsaw. being slammed shut. Yeah. So that's but, a, I, I think that's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, in. Interesting.
2: They always slam it when no one's seeing them do
1: it except us. Well, it's usually automated. And then you find out in the next movie that somebody did it on purpose because he's one of the apprentices or whatever. But usually it's automated.
2: <laughs> what? So it's a door slamming shut on its own. And then the twist is, no, nope, a person
1: hit a button. Well, no. A person might have been standing outside the door, and he because he's one of he's he's the guy who caused these things to happen because he's one of the many apprentices that somehow uh, John Kramer,
0: (laughs) John Kramer,
1: has has cultivated over the years.
0: I never would have thought that Dingus would be the one who's seen the most Saw
1: movies. Yeah, I I know. thought that either. I mean, mean, here's a weird thing: these movies seem to be constantly putting children in danger. Like we're gonna, I'm I have kids. Really,
2: this one didn't.
1: No, and I'm wondering if you think that's a good idea or a bad idea. Because I was wondering, oh great, another kid's in danger, yes. but the kid never gets in danger because of what, of how the movie figures out, because it's, it's his kid. <laughs>
0: right. But well, we saw, we saw a, gal, that's we go saw ahead. a kid murdered in this one. I mean, a baby. That's just kind of bold. Yeah, oh, but yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, like a a little kid with a gun he's to the head, or or he's not in a brain
2: escape room. If it was with or, kids, if Jigsaw was about, if he was doing this to kids and you confess your sins, what'd you do when you were two? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be,
1: be he, terrible. He, what he does you is say, if you, if you don't do this, then you'll never see your family again. That kind of thing. Uh, and so that doesn't happen in this movie, obviously, because the guy doing it—it's his daughter that w- would have been taken, <laughs> and she doesn't get
2: taken. I can't stop thinking of a Bugsy Malone version of Jigsaw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the guy with his black hydros.
2: <laughs>
0: or a Rushmore production. Uh, yeah. Jason Schwartzman and Rushmore uh, doing a jigsaw. Both
1: of you. Both of you. I love that <laughs> so much.
0: <laughs> Kelly Wan, do you have any inappropriate observations about any of the actresses in Saw or Jigsaw? I would have done her after the shotgun.
3: One, two, three. Not only you let me got one eighty degrees and I'm caught in between. Counting one, two, three.
0: Did we cut off anyone? Did, they, did, they, did Kelly Wan move us to the 3x3 three three before anybody Marcus. who wrote in about Saw had anything to say? So Chris Ideal Webb thought, Chris Martin,
1: thought, right? Chris Webb wrote in and he just said he was uh, glad with – well, I can't say now. Um, but he says the lore in the series is serious business. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he says He says, he says the, the movies frequently play with time. They're very dense. Did they? are like poetry. They rhyme. They
2: rhyme. Whoa. Yeah. That's wow. deep. All
1: right. Yeah.
2: Wait, dingus.
0: I forgot what I was going to say already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's do a three-by-three three about uh, uh, handoffs or exchanges. Uh, and these are basically the points in the movie where maybe the bad guys have something and the good guys have something, and they're going to agree to meet and give it to each other. Uh, so this I is the it? hand – No? Oh, okay.
1: They don't have to agree to meet and give it to each other. All right. Anyway,
0: well, I hand off well, I don't know. Well, I mean, let's see. In all of mine. Get it? <laughs> that was just a test. Oh, I see. Because, no, I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, Only one well, that's of
1: right, them. My, my other two are more impromptu.
0: I think we all have the same number one. What do you think of that? Well, I'll uh, – oh, no, I don't get to start. Uh, I have to go last. Uh, Kelly Wan, you're starting, so what is your third favorite exchange or handoff? Oh, shoot. oh I meant, to wa- I meant to watch one of them before. I- Never mind. I'll have questions, <laughs> let's just say, later about on in this yours? podcast. Kelly Wan, what's your third favorite handoff?
2: My number three favorite handoff in a motion picture is in the motion picture Real Men starring John Ritter and James Belushi, in which at the end of the movie – uh, basically the plot of it is is there's these aliens, uh, that are going to give us an antidote to some chemicals that we dropped in our own water called the good package. But if we miss the deadline, uh, they're going to give us the big gun and blow us up. But what they want, it turns out to be a glass of water. So it's, that's why it's my number three is because it's
0: water for water. So, yeah. They're the opposite of the aliens and signs.
2: Right. See, those yeah. aliens, we know who would win. Wait,
0: so real quick, what's the handoff? Also, the, the Dreamcatcher alien's allergic to water, too.
2: Or it likes it. I get also. this <laughs>
0: Yeah. So wait, in real men, we give them water and they give us water? Well, we, we
2: accidentally, presumably, some scientists spilled chemicals in our water and we're all going to die. And the aliens are going to give us a good package that cures it.
0: Like a chemical. Right. And so, it, so they give it to us, and what I, and, and then what?
2: Well, then we, Earth is saved. But they have, we have to give them a glass of water to get it. But we have to do it using a special glass in a tree, and it has to be like by a certain time or they're going to blow us up. So they have to get across the country because it's a road movie.
0: So that's and, what happens in Real Men is people have to drive a glass of water across the country to put well, it in a tree? The cups, the glass is already waiting at the tree, but it
2: has to be like the spies who do it, I guess. Thing is, do you believe any of this? There. Yeah. A glass of water for the good package. I had to. Watch and it has a presidential seal on it. Yeah, it was one of your uh, yeah. One
1: of yours. But it
2: yeah. could have been zapped. I really blew it. I really misused my time.
1: Oh, by the way, Chris Webb did say that since next week is going to be our 420th show, that we should do oh, zapped yeah. for that show.
0: Uh, (laughs) wait i don't get it really according to him he he direct messaged me and said that Uh, 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 uh. dingus what is your third favorite uh handoff or exchange
1: all right here's a quote here's a quote from it did he or did he not take the discs so this is from the uh, motion picture midnight run Uh, (laughs) and this is a bunch of phony computer discs that um, Robert De Niro's character God, I just can't ever remember his name. Jack Walsh. So anyway, Jack Walsh, um, uh, when he thinks he's totally lost uh, being able to take the Duke back to Los Angeles, he realizes that he can um, fool uh, Jimmy Serrano into coming into the McCarran Airport uh, to be able to exchange the Duke, um, Jonathan. Oh Rodriguez, right, right. Uh, For these computer discs that have all of the information of, uh, you know, his shady business dealings that would put um, put him behind bars. And so uh, Jack Walsh, who's now this down in his luck bounty hunter, is telling um, Alonzo Mosley, uh, look, if if I can convince him, if you can convince him that I've got these things on this disc. And he comes into the airport, and he accepts these discs from me in exchange for the Duke. Like he gives the Duke for me instead of murdering him, and I hand him the discs. Then you can immediately uh, slap an interstate bracketeering charge on him, and you can put him away. And so it's sort of a little bit tantamount to the whole idea of, of putting away Al Capone for tax evasion. But it, it's something that – Does it work? Is that
0: how the movie ends? It works?
1: Uh, well, it's not the very ending of the movie, but it, it's this whole like really tense situation where the two of them finally meet in McCarran Airport, um, and uh, Jack Walsh has these discs, and they're these right. little 3.5s uh, that are really great. Looking. Yeah,
0: you wouldn't use five and a quarters at that point. No,
1: no, because yeah, it, they, they're hard to stretch rubber bands around. But he's got <laughs> like a little stack of 3.5s th- of, uh, uh, with rubber bands around them that he's got in his pocket, but instead they have – Cause they can't help, but just needle each other. Uh, cause Jimmy Serrano is a total jerk and he ran Jack Walsh shuttle ship Chicago. So they just, they stand there and he, and he wants to just push him a little bit. Cause it, also he's got his, his goons in the, in McCarran airport to kill him anyway. He's going to, he's like, I get the discs, you drop the two of them. And he doesn't realize the FBI is there. Of course, he's just trading discs for, uh, for the Duke. And so, um, the, the other bounty hunter makes – you know, Jack is wearing a wire, and he makes that wire go dead, so Yavakata can't hear, and his men can't hear whether or not he's taking the discs. He's like, does he have the discs or not? And everything gets all confused, and they do the exchange, but really it's Jimmy Sharon just like reaching out, taking those discs from Jack's hand, and walking away as his goons come up to kill them. Right. And then what Jack Walsh has to yell in the airport is – he took the disks. He took the disks. He took the disks. So
0: that's that's my What's third disk What's surprising take to me is that there are two that you like better. Yeah. Wow. What well, surprised like me is just computer disks in Midnight Run.
1: You might not like the other two. I know you're not going to like my second one.
0: I think that when the disks came up, he should have asked, do you have a computer we could stick these in? <laughs> Uh, My third favorite one, and this is the one I didn't get to watch because I was busy watching my first and second choices. Um, I'll give you a line from it. Threw me the whip or threw you the idol. And I have questions because I didn't get to rewatch the scene. So it's Alfred Molina uh, has absconded with Indiana Jones' whip and crossed a chasm or something. Um, I mean I picked this because it's famous. Uh, Alfred Molina has got the whip. Indiana Jones has the little idol that he got. I love that little – fat squat looking thing uh and they're gonna trade but what doesn't alfred molina like renege on the deal yeah you know, dingus it sounds safe. like you would sets know this the scene down. best go yeah, ahead he just sets it down on his side of the pit and yeah, so he indiana jones why it. isn't indiana jones dead then i'm confused because indiana jones jumps like a hero <laughs> and then he, aside, and then
1: he almost. grabs a, a root and the, and he yeah. pulls the root out of the ground and he scrambles up out of the pit because he's superhuman. Okay, but, it but he gets to I, I I thought of this too, but I thought it was more like you you had this like you had a topic that was throw and catch something. Right, uh, right, just, yeah, throw right. Idol, yeah. Throw me the idol, I catch it. Throw me the idol, I'll throw you the
0: whip. But as far as that trade, like I give you, you I have something you want, you have something I want. Uh, let's, you know, no, let, okay. let's trade. I didn't
1: and, think of this as trading so much. I thought it is. I, I mean, I understand exchange, but it was also handoffs, like it was right. handing something to
0: somebody. Um, and so, it, oh. so Alfred Molina is just a jerk. He's just a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, Indiana Jones really should vet his employees a little better, I guess is what is my takeaway. Yeah. From that. Well, that's, that's what Belloc says off. after, after right. he gets out. Does he really? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Basically says that, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So I, well, I don't he, think he. he had short expandably. round
2: before that, and then he traded short round in for Molina, which because Temple seems no, cool. no. Yeah, yeah. He,
0: I he's all, I think.
2: Fuck. I think. Sure. Kelly's
0: onto something here, Dingus. You've yeah.
2: aged out of the franchise. I'm going to go with Doctor Octopus.
0: <laughs> the Larry Fishburne apocalypse now, Doctor Octopus. <laughs> all right, uh, so uh, Kelly, what is your second favorite handoff or exchange in a movie? All right, I might have done this one wrong. I don't think you already did your third one wrong, because I have no idea what you were talking about with that movie. All right, well, this one's even more wrong. And it follows, my number two is
2: The Boat. Uh, no, she, that, I think that's... We'll oh, ahead. really? She, okay, well, they're getting a curse, but they get to have sex with her. I just want to say, I totally take that trade.
0: Well, it's also handing off the curse. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think that's... Oh,
2: but it seems like a good trade.
0: You know what I mean? Oh, really? Like, you, oh, you'd be interested even if, you, if it meant being stalked by a demon for the rest <laughs> yeah. of your
2: life.
0: He's
1: still yeah. interested.
2: <laughs> yeah. That just adds spice to the stew. It did for them later, her and uh, her her nice friend. They right. do. Isn't
0: and his it, name it, Jay? It,
2: his no, name her same. name was Jay, right?
0: Jay. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, no, that's a good one, Kelly. You thought you were going to be in trouble, but guess what? You're not. All right. Dingus number one's... Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, save, yeah. I'll save my wrath up. Dingus, what is your second favorite handoff or exchange in a
1: movie? All right, so uh, there were a number of things I was thinking about that were weapons-oriented, uh, where like somebody hands a gun to somebody. Um, but I'm I, I just – I don't know, for whatever reason, the ones that I was thinking of didn't quite work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'll save some of those for runners-up. But this one I really like because I find it uh, really charming, and I thought of it after watching the first Saw movie. Um, And uh, this is from uh, the movie Princess Bride. And uh, the line is, I've never seen its sequel. And so it's when... um, the man in black has when the spaniard has helped the man in black come up the cliff and uh and immediately the man in black starts to draw a sword and say okay let's go at this and the spaniard goes no just take your time you just climbed up a cliff i want this to be equal have a seat relax and then he goes into the story of how uh of of why he's on this quest and he and uh, uh He pulls out this beautiful, incredibly beautiful sword, and if you've read the book, it's amazingly described in the book. But it's this beautiful, like diamond. I mean, it's a beautiful sword, and he hands it off to his adversary, who who now has both swords in the scene, uh, just so he can appreciate it. Um, And it's not one of those things that it's it's very sportsmanlike. It's very honor bound uh and i just love the way that he hands it over to him and it's without question that the man in black takes it he kind of tests the weight of it he says i've never seen it's equal and then he hands it back he doesn't take the advantage neither of them takes the advantage in that moment it's just this weird i don't know moment of honor where somebody hands something to somebody else and then they hand it back and i just i find that so endearing and then he goes into the long story of how uh He's gone on this quest for revenge.
0: Man, so your pick is someone showing someone else his sword. <laughs> not sh- it's not like he's unzipping.
1: All right, no, he's, he's he handing, doesn't. Give-
0: it, it would be like yeah, it's not much. That's not a handoff. Not a handoff, a handoff yeah, is actually. I I had to look this up. A handoff is like a sports term where the other team gets the ball. Like yeah. if he gave him the sword because it was going his turn with it, but it's like here, look at my sword. Because no, if I let you use my sword. pen, it's not a handoff. He,
1: now the guy has both swords. He could just kill him. He has both that's swords.
0: Yeah, I'm giving you a ticket. Okay, what's right. your name? Dingus? Ticket if you want. Murkowski. Princess Bride. I'm not showing it to him. He hands it to him. Can you imagine?
1: We're going to have hand a duel. Off. No, I
0: know. You're just being super literal with the word you hand. Take my gun. I mean, that's, that's not what a handoff or exchange you take is. take my gun. How do you like my gun? I'm going to walk over here. You can it's not me. a handoff. A handoff is like when uh, when, uh, well, here's a handoff. Uh, in Green Room... They've got the gun. This is my number two, by the way. Uh, They've got the the, the pistol in in the room with them, and I love how it is uh, uh, such a a point of the early negotiations in Green Room about what each party is going to do. Patrick Stewart makes it very much about the fact that, whoa, they're armed. They've got a loaded pistol in there. And I love, too, how it, it starts off just the whole power exchange. Big Justin has the pistol. And he's yelling with Patrick Stewart through the door what's going on, and Patrick Stewart's like, hand them the gun. And Big Justin's like, what? He's like, give them the gun. And so uh, this isn't my favorite handoff, but you know, Big Justin gives them the gun. Later on, they set up a deal where they're going to give the gun to Patrick Stewart through the door, and it's a horrible situation. They're in a horrible position bargaining-wise for this exchange, for this trade. Um, And I love how tense it is leading up to that. I love how much they have to let go of by not having the gun anymore. And I love the actual scene where they hand it out the door uh, and how everything goes to hell and falls apart and gets super violent and how it almost literally becomes a handoff. Uh Uh, Just that gore effect. Uh, But I love that bit in Green Room. What are they Uh, promised exactly? Well, they, they start off with saying you give us uh, – it's so funny too how Patrick Stewart's just – it's an unregistered firearm. I don't want it on the premises when the police are here. <laughs> like it's such I, I phony be, baloney. It it's such phony baloney. baloney, and they know it. And poor Anton Yelchin, like he's just so distraught when he's negotiating. It's like his voice cracks. I mean you just feel so bad for the poor guy. He knows they're fucked. Um, so it's it, – the, first the contention is about, okay, I tell you what. We're going to keep the bullets, but we're going to give you the gun. As if Patrick Stewart's goons don't have extra bullets out there. Like there's so much naivety too, to, to what they're doing and, and the situation they're letting themselves get put in. And eventually Imogen Poots recommends uh, trade it for a cell phone. And so uh, I, Anton Yeltsin is to Patrick Stewart. OK, we'll give you the gun. You, s- you give us a cell phone. And Patrick Stewart is immediately like, no, that is not going to happen, which should tell them right there and does. Right. He trades their it for screwed. nothing. Well, no, he right. They they just give it over basically. They trade it for nothing. Right? No, th- I know. They 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 yeah. put themselves okay. in a situation. What they're basically promised is you give us the gun, and then we're going to let you go on your way. Uh, and and at that point, you can do whatever you happen. You can t- you, whatever you want. You can tell the police what you saw happen. You can talk to whoever you want. We don't care. Just give us the gun. Uh, and then there's that great bit with Imogen Poots seen through the, the great – the red shoelaces, which is a setup for something later, and yeah. then saying, they're killing us. you know, That's what she says. And at that point, it becomes a different kind of a handoff. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. Kelly Wand, I want from you. What? Your very favorite handoff or exchange in a movie.
2: My number one favorite exchange in the movie is from Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it was right before that when he trades a bag of sand for
0: the idol. Sure, and, and it screws it up. He also needs there. to work on his eyeballing uh, like His, his, eyeballing his measurement. sand weighing. Yeah, he's not a good way <laughs> Wait, you're going to accept that? Um, it's <laughs> Kelly I mm-hmm. guess like, I have different get... standards for Kelly Fond. a statue. I mean it's basically exchanging one thing for something else but it's rather than with a party it's with a mechanism.
1: That's a mean, and that's the weights and measures 3 by 3 That's not a handoff. I He's see putting it a bag of sand on
0: something. it sounds like Dingus is handing his ticket over off to you. He's negotiating with the rock <laughs> and the rock and oh, Dwayne down Johnson the in, in the room too. What, what is, is so cool about that it's cause a- that yeah. Like that—that's a great moment. Like, just I could see Harrison's force, his his face, like rubbing his stubble and considering. Yeah. I just really love the way he's like eyeballing it. And, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, it's a great moment, but it has nothing to do with the topic. And I—I uh, called
0: out for somebody handing somebody a sword. Good lord! He doesn't keep a, it. Yeah, he exactly. Doesn't... It's not a handoff. He doesn't keep it. It's just like,
1: yeah, yeah. He hands it off back. I mean, uh,
0: <laughs> Jesus! You're, just, so you're talking about a guy handoffs. putting something on a scale as a handoff. It's an exchange. It. It's an exchange with a mechanism. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, the thing is, I, I concede that I can't it's not. I not believe this is happening. Well, all right. I tell you what, Dingus. I'll, t- I'll tell you this much. It's better than someone showing someone else's sword. He's not showing it. Oh, good <laughs> oh. Well, the well, thing is, tell you what. We'll give you one more chance. I'll, I'll tear up your ticket if I like your number one. What do you have for your favorite handoff or exchange in a movie? All right. Here's I'm a quote from I'm listening. Be
1: careful. <laughs>
2: Okay, right, why here's is the, here's he the rest afraid?
1: Uh, I was working on something, but they wouldn't let me finish it, so take a look at it. Be careful. So this <laughs> is the handoff at the very beginning uh, of the movie Margin Call. And this is what sets the movie in motion, basically. Um, and uh, real this quick
0: is, thing is, I just want you to hear the, this right now. Uh, thank you. Very uh, much. There you go. Tickets torn up.
1: I love this one. Go ahead. Uh, so this is – and I, I just – this is another one of those movies where, gosh, darn it, J.C. Chandor, I just wanted to watch the scene and I couldn't stop watching the freaking movie. Gosh, darn it! Um,
0: oh, but you 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 watched five Saw movies, also,
1: huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's probably why I didn't watch six and seven.
0: Ah, <laughs> and I, I see. stumbled right. into watching Margin Call. Is he watching uh, a good
1: movie instead, right? And this is uh, Stanley Tucci. Uh, oh my God, being red uh, Um. <laughs> And there's oh there's so many there's so many things going on in that scene and he runs into Seth and um jeez Zachary Kinto. Still, yeah Zachary Kinto's uh, character uh, but before he goes through the doors to get in the elevator and Zachary Kinto is outside those glass doors as Stanley Tucci put, punches the button and he's being guarded while he's about to get in the elevator and he's got those two book boxes full of his. All the possessions he was allowed to take out of his offices, he's been escorted off the grounds because he's a risk management guy and they can't – they're, they're canceling his cell phone. They're canceling his email. He's being escorted out immediately after his his meeting. Uh, and Zachary so Quinto stands outside that glass door and he goes, i got to say one more thing to this guy. And he goes in and says, look, you're the reason. And that scene is so beautifully written because Sally Tucci goes, you don't have to say it, but I do. No, I get it. I mean, it's just really quick, beautiful dialogue. And then Stanley Tucci goes, you know, and he reaches in his pocket and he hands him this thumb drive and goes and says that line. I said, I couldn't finish this work. Be careful. And the doors close. And that's what sets the movie in motion pretty much. And I love that him handing him that. And oh, I just I get so excited about this movie. And anybody who hasn't seen Margin Call is crazy.
0: Uh, so along with Dingus' ticket, I ripped up the list I was writing for whose turn it is. Is it Dingus' – is it Kelly's turn or my turn? No, it's you. What was Kelly's <laughs> number one? Oh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. Okay, Raiders of the Lost Ark handing it to a <laughs> All right. Here's, here's my favorite uh, handoff or exchange in a movie, and this is what actually prompted the, the topic because I love this scene so much. It's uh, So there, there's a movie – I think it might be his first movie. The guy has only done TV since then, which I find a shame. Uh, a director named Craig Viveros uh, did a movie called The Liability with Jack O'Connell oh. uh, and Tim Roth. Uh, and it's kind of a buddy picture between the two of them where Jack O'Connell – it's like they're, uh, Tim Roth is a hitman. You can almost think of him as reprising his character from – oh, shoot. What's that Terrence Stamp, John Hurt thing that he was super young in? Stephen oh, Farrer's movie? No. no, it's not The, the Limey. Is it The Hit? It might be the hit. Yeah, uh,
3: but you can almost right.
0: think of it as this is, this is like uh, – because th- that's where I first saw – or I think that's one of his first movies is Tim Roth plays this young, hot-headed assassin in this uh, John Hurt, Terrence Stamp movie. Uh, and you can think of the liability as that character having grown up and sort of gotten wise and weary. <laughs> uh, so the liability is uh, he's a hitman, and somebody gets killed, and they lose – Very important evidence that they were going to use to frame – to cover their tracks for this murder. Uh, They've they've killed someone out in the woods, and a hiker just comes across them, and before Tim Roth can kill the hiker because she's a witness, she absconds with a bag containing two severed hands. (laughs) <laughs> that is kind of important <laughs> to what they're doing and Jack O'Connell uh just screws it up so she's got these two <laughs> severed hands that they need and to, to set up what they're doing oh i didn't even think of that oh my god <laughs> doing totally. a green room thing so uh Oops, they please. offer her uh, seven thousand dollars for the bag so it's seven thousand dollars and then she's going to give them the bag back and at this point the movie has been pretty straightforward uh Tim Roth is great uh Jack O'Connell, I, I love watching that guy. He's super energetic in this, and he's a great counterpoint to Tim Roth's uh, sort of just, just quiet stoicism. And uh, uh, So at this point uh, during the handoff, we are introduced to this third character who is this hiker who ended up with this bag with two severed hands. And also at this point, the movie – Hadn't done this up to now, but there's this very stylized, sexy sequence at a diner with neon light and wet pavement. It looks like, uh, and then uh, and there's a really cool uh, song playing, and and the sound mix cares more about you hearing the song than the dialogue. Uh, the, there's some incidental dialogue about, okay, I'm going here and you go there. Doesn't matter what they're saying. Craig Viveros wants us to hear the song during during this uh, sequence. Um, and this could be something from a Nicholas Winding Refn movie, from Drive, all of a sudden. Uh, and in this handoff, uh, all three main characters are further developed at this point. We see J- in terms of what they do and how they behave. We find out that Tallulah Riley, this, this chick who was presumably just a hiker, that how she's super sexy uh, and mysterious. And somehow there's more to her than what they thought. Uh, Jack O'Connell finally gets to be helpful. And he's so eager during this scene. He's like a puppy. There's something childlike about it. He's so thrilled at what's going on that he's in the middle of a high-stakes handoff. Uh, but he's as clueless as ever. And Tim Roth, super cool as Tim Roth is and re- ruthless and, and very resourceful in terms of how to set this up and how to, to, to play it out. Uh, but I love this handoff scene that is kind of a pivotal point halfway through the liability um, And there you go. That's my favorite, Kelly Wand. I'm guessing you still have not seen the liability.
2: No, I see movies that don't have liabilities. That's it.
0: Cool. I don't need that hanging over me.
2: That's a great Great. pick. Thank you. Uh, See. (laughs) Wait. What? I thought
0: you meant my rule. It's a good. That's a good rule, Kelly. Should game over. Colton Westrate says um, Big Le- oh my god, of course, Big Lebowski's handoff gone. Yeah, I thought of this. Which yeah. I'll spare you from reading yeah. about yet again, but right. I'm just chuckling thinking about it.
1: Yeah. I don't what know Big Lebowski will enough.
0: Uh, I'm assuming – Does it, Kelly, one, does he mean throwing the bag of money? It's a bag of laundry. They don't even use the money. Oh, right, right. <laughs> it's underwear, right? Yeah. What? <laughs> And then they drive off. So Big yeah. Lebowski sets up this whole thing where there's been a kidnapping, and he's going to uh, convey the ransom to the kidnappers. Yes. And, of course, Walter subcheck scheming messes it up, and he has different ideas. <laughs> and it just – it's so retarded. It doesn't yeah. even – I forget. Like there's something with the car or yeah. – The car spins around or speeds. Right. <laughs> It goes off the road or something.
2: Yeah, no, they've thrown over a bridge too. Right, right, right,
1: something. right. Yeah, so they're supposed to be follow. handing off a bag of money, but they money. just throw underwear at him?
0: Yeah, well, it's a, yeah okay. so there's a whole scheme that's going on, and it should just be a scene where some people are handed the money, the bag. And in Coen uh, Brothers' style, it's not quite that easy, and uh, to, Hilar- yeah, yeah. to hilarious effect, it gets all screwed up, yeah. And it's like Jeff Bridges' face in that movie when things are going wrong or, yeah. or going getting completely out of control. Just how aghast he looks at certain yeah. points in that movie. I love his that.
2: face when John Goodman throws Bushimi's dust in his face. <laughs> Glasses, and it just—you can tell from his expressions. Like this is like the whole movie. Everything that's happening. He's just like.
0: Oh. I love how too how, how pained he looks uh, when that car. when that Malibu Beach sheriff throws a mug and, and hits him on the yeah. forehead. Yeah, <laughs> he gets really outraged,
2: or if he's jostled while he has a beverage, yeah. it's really right, ridiculous. right, think, right. Uh, but if Julianne Moore wants to have sex and he's a little anno- he's a little unnerved when she says she's trying to conceive, but then when she goes, <laughs> oh, Yeah right. I'm the man who has any interest, he's like, <laughs> okay, sweet.
0: Why haven't we <laughs> done Big Lebowski on this podcast? Because there's nothing to say about it except uh, good work, and and just talking about how awesome certain scenes are.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I love the idea of like like, supercuts of Jigsaw with all the voiceover of uh, Sam Elliott, of uh, Kramer's character being done by different people, like like (laughs) like
0: Jeff Bridges,
1: Jennifer Jennifer Tilly,
0: Jennifer (laughs) Tilly, Jennifer (laughs) Tilly was just in a Chucky sequel. Yeah, oh, the that's poor true. woman. And she in the deaf. sequel, in the sequel, when she walks in, someone says to her, "You know, you look like." And she says, "Jennifer Tilly." Yeah, I get that a lot. Oh, uh, uh, like Julia Roberts in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, that's, that's like, the like, first ouch. thing I thought when you said that. Yeah, that, that was my thing. I sort of I sort of winced at that. I was like, "Oh, oh, really?" Oh. Yeah. Uh, Cold uh, West State's number two pick in Jackie Chan's Who Am I? Like so many movies, the disc is the MacGuffin that keeps on giving. The exchange of this particular disc happens many times between many people, including during my favorite fight scene of all time. Colton Westrate says, "There's even an anti-exchange yeah. where one character prodigiously pantomimes passing the purportedly purloined product to the proper person."
1: <laughs>
0: See that? Colton Westrate was giving a alliteration
1: chat. from That's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Here's a quote from it, Colton says. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Uh, uh, I kind of don't want to read this because – 30 minutes or less? No. Uh, so uh, it, I do a, a thing for my Patreon campaign where people can force me to review things, and this is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that I think he picked. Huh. So I think I have to watch this movie. Uh But apparently there's something – I'll just read it. In the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, back when Domino's could still legally advertise 30 minutes or less, Uh Michelangelo – in case you're listening and you don't know this – the turtles are named after uh, Renaissance artists. Michelangelo's one of the turtles. Uh, In the movie, Michelangelo is waiting for his pizza under a sewer grate. When his pizza arrives, he convinces the delivery guy to slip it piece by piece down the drain. Still Uh confused… The driver complains about being shortchanged over mere seconds of tardiness, but is met with this retort: quote, Wise men say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. <gasps> Retortus. <sighs> Wait, what's it mean? It's like know. a fortune cookie sentence. Well, Colton Westrake concludes by saying he's lived by those words ever since. Wait, say the words? The words oh, wow. are. Wise men say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Uh, all right. There you go, Kelly. One the original – I'm sure Michael Bay improved on that line in the remake, the mm-hmm. Megan Fox uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: Wait, what's the first part? About wise men say? <laughs> yeah.
0: Wise, no, men say to... wise men say forgiveness is divine, but never – Forgiveness is divine. Fun. All right. Yeah. Okay. Is that the part you take it? Even... with? I didn't even know the first part
1: was... Is this done in a Bailing accent by any chance?
0: Yeah, Kelly Wan, give us that in the full Bailing. White men say, forgiveness divine, but don't pay for extra-late pizza! <laughs> I missed Bailing. Arthur Jill says, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. After Sam Rockwell is captured in East Berlin, he's part of a spy exchange in the USSR. I was thinking, too, of spy exchanges. Uh yeah. The spy yeah, but that he is exchanged. Well
3: anyway, so the
0: spy that he is exchanged for, Arthur says, turns out to be a seemingly awkward winner of the dating game, and Rockwell's reaction to the spy's identity is pretty great. I'm not remembering that scene.
2: I kinda like that movie. Just
0: saying. That's uh, Clooney directed that, right? And Goodnight yeah. and Good Lucky directed, didn't he? And well I I ask Suburbicon tanked. Like he just did something uh, with uh, with I think it was him and Grant Haslov again, and uh, Matt Damon did it, and it just tanked hard.
1: It it's, was originally a Cohen brothers thing, and then he
0: oh right right
1: he grafted onto it, yeah, it and then Grant Haslav, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Dingus, I suspect uh, this one from from Arthur Jilvallondolleg is for you, and it is Ronin. Your discussion of this movie last week made me think of the scene where Stellan Skarsgård's trying to exchange the briefcase with. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. Skarsgard tries to set up an exchange where he has a sniper ready to kill Mickey's figure skating girlfriend, played by Olympic gold medalist Katarina Witt. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, if Skarsgard does not check in, theoretically ensuring his safety. Unfortunately for Skarsgard, the hostage based exchange does not have the desired effect.
1: Yeah. That's a great one. <laughs> And it's one of the one of the many times that the word "clever girl" is used in a movie, but this is when it appears in Russian.
0: Ah, and it's a Jurassic Park reference. I'm sure you believe it's uh, it's a Jurassic
1: Park <laughs> reference. It's a Silence of the Lambs reference, but that's a really that's a really good
0: moment. There's a lot of oh, clever girls. Clever girl is from Silence of the Lambs before Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, he, yeah Hannibal oh. says the that to her. Clever
0: girl in the basket
1: girl. you're so close to the way I'm going. To.
0: Right, right, right. No, Anthony. Yeah, I'd always thought Dingus that it was Jurassic Park. The world has been shattered, Dingus. Well, as you've said, a couple it's of Jurassic
1: words put together do not a quote make.
0: That's kind of a quote, though, isn't it? Forgiveness okay.
4: is defined. <laughs>
0: oh, Kelly One, what if is there a Bei Ling movie where she says that? And if so, what would it sound like?
2: Last Jedi! Forgiveness divine!
0: No, the clever girl line.
2: Clever girl! <laughs> she says it in Crank High Voltage about herself after
0: she All <laughs> <out>. right, <laughs> of course. It has, uh, so here's so. a great one. Number one for Arthur Jindalajelily is The Prestige. Hugh Jackman captures Christian Bale's assistant, Fallon, and attempts to exchange him for Bale's method for performing The Transported Man. It is through this exchange that Jackman gains the keyword to Bale's encrypted journal and begins to seek out Tesla. I love how different the scene is the second time you see it because you know more about Fallon, and that knowledge paints everything in a different hue. Hmm. Get it, you, Jackman. Uh, so, get it, Kelly
2: yeah. Wand? See? <laughs> I notice things sound similar, and therefore I have to tell
0: everyone. Nick D., number three, his choice is Fargo. William oh. H Macy's scheme to collect his wife's kidnap money goes awry <laughs> when his stubborn father-in-law Wade insists on going to make the handoff instead. When Wade gets to the parking garage, Steve Buscemi is so angry he shoots Wade, who utters "Oh, jeez" as he falls oh. down. <laughs> then, trying no, to geez. rip money, no money. <laughs> then, trying to rip the money out of Wade's hand, Buscemi gets shot in the face. Man, that's <laughs> violent. Yeah. Dingus, speak – oh, no, whoops. He through his teeth for the rest of the movie. I was confusing this with a, a – a vi- what's, what's the J.C. Chandor thing? A vicious year? A most vicious year? Most violent. Most violent, right. Okay. This is A Most Wanted Man, not J.C. Chandor. Uh, Nick D. says, in A Most Wanted Man, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays Gunther, a German spy who attempts to use a young Arab informant to set up a wealthy businessman he suspects of funding terrorism. <laughs> At- who are you earning at? Rachel McAdams isn't yeah. any of those things. <laughs> you know, I know. She was, was not in scared. that description Price. yet. Price. <laughs> but, okay, just a preemptive in case she occurs in this exchange. A little Weinstein. Uh, oh, God, Kelly Wand. Oh, God, why do you keep doing you that? You just made right? your trill creepy. Your trill used to be endearing, now it's creepy. Uh, Anyway, at the end of the movie, Gunter believes he's about to set the businessman free, who will then lead him to bigger fish. Little does he know, however, his government has agreed to exchange the Arabs to the CIA, who swoop in and ruin Gunter's plan. I like this exchange because we don't know what's going to happen or really what exactly is happening until the moment it does, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's F-bomb at that moment was the best curse that year. Yeah, that was a great F-bomb. Uh Oh, man. Dad Dadgummit, I'm changing one of mine. Let's see, which one do I <laughs> want to change here? David Copperfield. Remember when I said Raiders of the Lost Ark? That's not what I meant to say. Green Room what? was my number three. Liability was my number two. Here's my number one pick. In Alfred Hitchcock's Notorious, the camera starts wide at a fancy party and gradually pushes in on the key hidden in Ingrid Bergman's hand. Uh. Later… Claude rains watches as she surreptitiously hands it off to Carrie Grant. The economy of visual storytelling that's done here is just amazing. And that's me talking and not what Nick D just wrote here, but oh look, by coincidence that's all his it's also his number 1 pick. Huh, what are the odds? <laughs> hmm. And then she later has to dig it out of his stomach. <laughs> there is a key in someone's stomach in a saw movie, isn't there? <laughs> That's the yeah. first one I've seen. That one. Oh, okay. I was gonna it's say back... that one. I know. Right. Right. Uh, well, all right. Runners it's... up, gentlemen, for people showing each other their weapons. Maybe other scenes of that.
1: Mm. Uh, <sighs> well, the showing uh, the handoff of a weapon would be in Goodfellas after uh, Ray Liotta beats the neighbor over the head with it and then hands it to Karen, and she's all, "Ooh, I've got a bloody." revolver in my hand but she's kind of excited by it too it turned it's, on it was turned on by it exactly it turned uh, and i on. i really wanted to watch breach but i was afraid that most of them would just be dead drops and i don't think of those as handoffs
0: uh, all he does though is like sit on a isn't it like he sits on a park bench and puts it under the bench? like i don't remember any of them being particularly dramatic yeah that's uh-huh. that was and i i would have loved to watch breach again but i just didn't have
1: time but i i didn't think there was an exchange no like like Something like Bridges Spies or something like that. Right, right. But, right. Um, but it, it felt like they would be like something where you drop this in a trash can and I'll pick it up later. Right.
2: Like the knock list in Mission Impossible. He traded that with himself. In the Were there any
0: handoffs in uh, <laughs> Atomic Blonde?
2: The seatbelt for the shoe?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. James See? McAvoy hands off her shoe back to her. Yeah, in exchange <laughs> well, for a bullet.
1: It the passed. watch the watch comes off of somebody's hand.
0: Kind of. Ah, yeah, yeah, it's a wrist off, though, I guess. Oh, That's wrist, wrist off, wrist off. Dingus, I just um, want to say, uh, one of the movies I saw today, and I so thought of you, I, you would appreciate this scene, opens with Colin Farrell and Bill Camp talking about each other's watches. I'm just saying. Hmm, just want you to know This
1: that. one costs more than your car. I love the handoff of the Komodo dragon to Frank Whaley and Matthew Broderick in The Freshman. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Frank it, Whaley it, it, is
0: his friend in The Freshman? Yeah. Oh. for
1: uh-huh. that. That's a Bengal tiger, ladies and gentlemen. It's
0: yeah. a tasty burger.
1: Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> this isn't really a handoff, but I I like it when uh, – Jesus, uh, oh, not John Nelson – like uh hands off his weed to anthony michael hall by like tucking it in his pants
0: it's like, like hey, have hold this. yeah like that mm-hmm. kelly one do you have any runners up for handoffs or changes? Uh,
2: i had the temple of doom handoff at the beginning where they do the stuff with the jewel and the potion oh. and
0: the, or something
2: Aren't that's those so more like scrambling? Around,
0: the ones. Aren't they just scrambling around on the floor for it though? Oh, oh no, no, you're okay. right. But that's it starts as a handoff. Like they're going to trade the jewel for the antidote, and everything goes crazy, yeah. and then it's, it's not rolling a jewel. The it's,
1: the, it's the ashes of Nuhachi. Right. This What's Nuhachi's that? a really tiny guy. It comes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and then he tries to use Kate Capshaw as ransom. It's a real meat cue because he holds a knife to her and threatens to stab her. <laughs> no he and doesn't the even
1: hold small. a knife he holds like a, a fork that you would use to yeah. carve like a piece of beef and right. she's like "Oh, you're hurting my dress yeah she's hurting his dress
2: it's good uh uh I like one that. that's a good one that's a good one all right that's my number one then <laughs> and then in the hangover i liked when they have to use rain man to get the money and then they trade it for doug and it's like a black dude he's like i'll be you doug <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're all, no, this is not our dog. This is somebody else's dog. And it's like the pusher. That makes me think of a handoff late in Vinyan, Dingus. Ooh. Oh, where Jesus. they uh, are, are exchanged. I, I don't know if it's an exchange or just here we found your son, in which case that you – No, know, they might pay. I think they actually pay. They're asked for money. I'll lead – well, we found your son. We'll give him to you if you pay us money. Here's the money. They give him the, the – I'm time. surprised there were very few transactions of money in these – in anyone's list. Well, I really was thinking of the thing. So, Dingus, did you get to watch Wheelman?
1: Unfortunately, no.
0: All right. So there's a handoff in that. watching that, the very important song. <laughs> right. You had to see all those. There's a handoff in that, which I had a question, which I, I think is – I need to rewatch it. But I think it's kind of broken. Like there's a plot point, which I think they – Either I'm too dumb or they screw up or I didn't pay close enough attention. But there's a cool handoff gimmick in The Wheelman where it's the sort of thing like, "Hey, I've got your money. You give me, you know, I'm I'm giving you this money in exchange for the person you're holding uh, hostage." Um but I it's a cool idea that I think they cheat to do. So, but you guys haven't seen Wheelman, so I never had to
2: mind. Watch stranger things, even though I didn't want to,
0: and I didn't like it. It's only 10 hours long, Kelly. One. There's oh, only 10 god. hours. Left. It's so fucking long. Oh my god. All right, well, Kelly Wand, speaking of long, the listeners will have a week to come up with the three-by-three that you call what?
2: Well, in honor of Halloween, even though it's a week later by the time we do it, and especially the motion picture Jigsaw, which I really admired, this is your three best passage of time reveals if you have a if you like time and Halloween and wish to hear me read things you write on the air about them I don't see anime really coming up since there's no time passage in those <laughs> they all take place uh, on the same day and uh, they're sort of time free and timeless timelessness so if you want to hear me say things like that about non anime things. Send your three best passages of time reveals or less to three x three at quarter to three dot com, and I'll read it in this voice or try to, <laughs> and probably fuck up most of what you say. Very good, Kelly Wand,
0: and we will also be seeing Thor Ragnarok. Oh! <laughs> Can I skip this one out? No, Hulk sent right. it. Bitch. Oh, did Kelly Wand, shut up what
1: great thanks for telling us
0: i don't know that that's true <sighs> oh jesus kelly wand isn't he in the post you know what? we don't have to see it now we're not seeing it let's instead see uh i'm sure there's some romantic comedy with uh i don't know someone amy adams maybe we can see instead let's see he takes his towel off like in creep too. Oh no, no, we have I'm sorry. What I meant to say is we've seen Tyler Perry's Boo to a Medea Halloween, because Kelly Wan can't spoil anything in that for us. <laughs> That's a spoiler. There might be a fight <laughs> in it. Uh, so join us for Thor Ragnarok and Kelly Wan reading your favorite passage of time reveals next week on the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast. I'm Tom <laughs> Chick. I've been here with Christian Mertwansky. It's Christian Murowski. And Kelly
2: Wand. Thor has a hammer. He and Jigsaw could talk tools. I get Jack Walsh mixed
1: up with James Wan. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question,
0: sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question.
2: That is correct. Fastbender's the jigsaw of the Alien franchise.
1: This is not going to end well.
2: (laughs) It didn't. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) Ha, ha,
3: ha,